Hello, everybody, and welcome to a live episode of The MinMax Show, a place about games, friends, getting better. My name is Ben Hansen. Thank you for being here. Joined by one Jacob Geller, as per usual. That's right. I just learned I can do the entire MinMax theme in my head really? in perfect time. I was like, he's going to start talking now. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but stay tuned next week on the podcast because we had an interesting donation come through in our Give of the Max stream that might be related to that. Um, Kelsey Lewin's also here. World premiere. World premiere, which they said they're going to dial back on, but it's not really the case. Uh, we're also joined by Brandon Jones, formerly of Easy Allies. Welcome. As long as Keeley says it, you know, that's all really you need. Yeah, I guess it's like you they know, didn't have like the motion graphics made. And so maybe that's the distinction. But no one else could pick up on that. And that shaves also, off a, a cool two minutes, I think, <laughs> off the entire presentation to get rid of all of those cards. And they so put they all of those for in Dave of Day of Devs. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay, squeeze them in there. You still got to. Yeah, it all works out. Uh, Brandon Jones, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Very uh, do you prefer to be called former editor-in-chief of Easy Allies? Do you prefer noted author of Whirly World? What's a, your preferred description these days? Noted, yeah, noted author of just that book. You know, just the one, you know, it's like we'll associate him with this project and then, you know, we'll, we'll wait for the next thing to see if we want to include that in other works that he's done or really just kind of go back to the first one. It, it always fascinates me whenever you see a poster and it's like from the creators of that movie they made 10 years ago. And it's mm. like they've made eight other movies. Why... Why that one? Like Tim Burton's always like from the guy who did Alice in Wonderland. And you're like, what? Right. right. <laughs> like and maybe it might relate to something we'll be talking about later when you say from Arcane, the creators of Deathloop and Dishonored and nothing else. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but Jones, thanks for being here. Uh, Whirly World. Congratulations. Uh, you wrote this Thank book. Thank you, sir. Uh, yeah. Premise real quick. Hit us. Oh, uh, the guy dies uh, and his, go- his ghost is trapped in his favorite theme park. It is a fictitious Wild West theme park. And uh he is, uh, you know, it seemed like, you know, your dream come true. You get to roam around your favorite theme park for your, the rest of your afterlife. But uh, there is mean things afoot. There are dark secrets in this park. There are malevolent forces making his life hell now. And uh, got to figure it out. Got to see if you can get the hell out of there. Good premise. Honestly, I don't know if this is um, mean to say, but that's what public podcasts are for, I guess. But it's like if you wrote a book and you're like, it's a moving love story about people moving out to a ranch like okay jones i understand you want to be a writer you have this burning yeah. desire within you but like it's it's a fun premise and that helps a lot i think for getting it out there if that was my book man i wouldn't even be on this podcast <laughs> i wouldn't do that to you i wouldn't do that to you <laughs> thank just you. this thank pained you. expression of you like cool man good yeah. luck with that fuck and so nancy's in love with andrew cool 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 <laughs> yeah. that sounds great that sounds great she doesn't know it yet though <laughs> no but it's a huge accomplishment like the idea of being like you know, we had the whole "quote unquote" exit interview with you on the MinMax channel, with you saying you are retiring um, right. and to to go do some some new projects. And I feel like a lot of people, maybe it's kind of like a George Lucas thing. Like maybe he is making those short films and no one actually knows. But I think a lot of people are yeah. like, "I'm going to retire and work on my dream projects," and then that's right. code for just watching Netflix right. and drinking more beer than usual. But like, you actually accomplished a book. You wrote this whole damn thing. I have been drinking more beer. Sadly, my Netflix uh, intake has been about the same. Okay, all right. I can, maybe I can ratchet up those numbers. Yeah, honestly, that's the most. Pr- that's like my proudest bit about all of it is not the quality of the book, not the you know effectiveness of my storytelling, just the fact that it is sitting on my desk right now, and I don't have to to write it anymore. That's it. That's it. Jacob Geller, you ever going to write a book? Maybe. Really? Well, pressure. You don't have to. Uh. So once you retire at age um, thirty-two. Yep. Then uh, you can write a book. Watch out, world. <laughs> Have you really thought about it, though? Yeah, I, uh, I, I, think, I think I've said before, it's like, 
I think I'd probably more like make a book than write one. You know, do do some kind of like uh, compilation or whatever. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Of like, so what? Your video essay is just kind of the, the scripts for those that type of thing. Something like that. Yeah. Something easier. <laughs> That's. It's like you know taking taking a year off or more of your like primary income source to do something that would ultimately earn way less than the primary income source yeah. would is like a pretty hard bargain. So congratulations, yep. Jones. You did it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Live the dream. <laughs> uh, hey, on this episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about the biggest reveals from the Game Awards and beyond. Huge week uh, for the game industry. Uh, it seems weird to say, but they officially announced GTA 6 this week. I know we've yeah. been talking about it for um, 10 years, but officially GTA 6 was announced. And so, Jones, I couldn't imagine a better person to jump on and talk about all that fun stuff. Uh, and then back half of the show, we have some great community questions. People submit over there on Patreon. Um, my voice is probably going to be going throughout the course of this episode uh, because uh, I can join you, Jones, after a, a night of screaming over there at Easy Allies and having a fun reaction. Um, but we just did um, a big marathon stream uh, 25 hours we did on Saturday, the Give to the Max stream, raising money for foster kids in Minneapolis with Connections Independence. I was a little bit worried about, we shifted the date from November to December, and I was a little bit worried as well about like, wow, this is our Extra Life stream, but we want to support a smaller nonprofit, and so we're changing it to the Give to the Max stream, which is a larger uh, you know, charity organization within Minnesota, so I don't know how it's going to turn out. And the community showed up in a big, bad way. We ended up raising... Over $57,000 for Connections Holy to Independence. Cow. Yeah, it was wow. bananas. Um, but it was one of those fun streams, too, where I think my voice was gone at about the 11-hour mark. Then I'm looking at it like, all right, 13 hours to go. Here we go, everybody. This is going to be fun. Uh, so I'm still recovering a bit. But huge thanks to everybody who donated along the way. You can still go to bit.ly slash minmax23 if you want to throw some money there and help out uh, Connections to Independence. I, I love choosing a small nonprofit like this. Their their goal, their fundraising goal for the Give to the Max push over this season was $1,000. And we just dropped $57,000 in their account. Like, all right, good luck. Help some foster kids, please. Here we go. Um, we sent out close to 300 game codes to people who donated. Those have all been sent out. We are halfway through sending out all the auction items. If you won a charity auction, you're wondering what's going on. I haven't heard much. Um Stay tuned. It might be arriving, or I might be sending you an email very shortly. Um, and um, if you're uh, if you won an auction for a mini fridge, and uh, you're wondering when that is, I will see you tomorrow. Are you really meeting that person tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. awesome. So we auctioned off a twisted metal promotional fridge that they sent to Jacob's house in North Carolina. So with that auction, it's like, all right, you can bid as much as you want, but you will have to drive to North Carolina to pick it up from Jacob. But I think that kind of even out, like people are like, oh, I get to meet Jacob and get a twisted metal like mini fridge and have a cool road trip just like Sweet Tooth had. I like to think it's I get to meet Jacob, but I have to take a twisted metal <laughs> mini right, fridge. Right. Uh, we got hundreds for it. So uh, thanks to everybody who donated. Um, yeah, we uh, we auctioned off a date with Clive Rosfield, otherwise known as a friend of the show, Ben Starr. Um, he was very sweet for lining this whole thing up where it's like, hey, can, can I call this? We can auction off like a date with you. He's like, yeah, absolutely. Whatever you want to call it. It's like, OK, great. So uh, wow. I think that that little twist on how do you market this thing? Uh, it ended up getting four thousand dollars was the winning bid. Four thousand dollars for a date with Clive Rosfield. It Worth was it. 
It was amazing. Um, we'll have the uh, archives up very soon on VinMax's channel. You can check out a highlight cut, all that stuff. But again, thanks everybody who supported the give to the Max Charity Stream. All that money, 100%, I'd argue, is going to Connections Independence. So we greatly appreciate it. Um, the Game Awards. Uh, Jones, even though uh, you're retired, sitting on a beach most days, do you still get excited for stuff like uh, the Game Awards from Jeff Keighley here? Always excited about the Game Awards. Whether like I really anticipate something or I got like, I, I think the big difference this year is I didn't really have you know uh, a duck in like any of these races. I was just kind of like, let's yeah, let's let's go the industry. Let's go you know <laughs> recognizing people that have done great work. But I wasn't like, gosh, this better win. You know, uh, and partially because I've, you know, missed out on a lot of games this year. I did, like, I've my, my game time has drastically reduced. Um, but uh, uh, it's it's such the production side of me just kind of wants to see how it all comes together, whether yeah. it's going to be a train wreck or whether you know, nobody rushed the stage. Huge shocker. I think that was kind of one of my big uh, one of my big surprises. Or but the snipers took them out before they got there. Right. It was it was nice. Um, to see. Yeah, it was sad that, yeah, the head of Larian Studios had to wear a full uh suit of armor just for a little protection on stage <laughs> i gotta daniel bloodworth was there i gotta check with him to see if there was any like skirmishes in the front row <laughs> anybody no, got tackled i mean i i really i thought it was a great show like the amount of variety and what hit me and maybe i wasn't as glued in as i should have been in the lead up to it but i feel like nothing leaked like there were so many just haymakers i'm like this feels like ripe for something that would have leaked ahead of time but so many yeah. just little surprises going back to the show it's like well that's right they announced a new mana game like yeah. it's just all these little things that, like that is such a huge deal are all of those sega remakes they announced and it's like this would have been the star of the show in a lot of other uh reveal streams the fact that they just packed so much in i thought it was one of the better game awards you know mm-hmm. great wins uh for a lot of the different categories going through it and you still get fun stuff like you know, Shang-Chi handing an award to Ijia Numa from Zelda. You know, it's like, this is the, this is the fun <laughs> of the Game Awards. It's just weird combinations of a swirling industry all in the same place, you know? Uh, Jacob, what do you think of the awards this year? Um, I thought, I, I, I think this is probably like Keeley's fully actualized Game Awards. You know, <laughs> right, like this is, this is exactly what he wants them to be. And so I've kind of been dealing with like how you know like is it even worth kind of getting upset at what i want them to be versus right. what they are i'll, I'll get upset um, with you jacob it's okay ooh, we can talk okay about ooh, okay I, here's 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 <laughs> kind of my main takeaway of this is like i think if you told someone who is not into games that you were watching the game awards and they joined you to watch it uh I I would and did because this was a situation that happened last night. Feel embarrassed. Me too. You know, it was interesting. It it was like my friend was like, so it's it's three hours of commercials. That's what the game awards are, and like the really good moments of the show, which were like, uh, you know, the old gods of Asgard number, or like you know when a developer got up and was like actually able to talk about something. I was just like this is the show like this should be the show but then it was like that was like 15 minutes of the show versus just just wall-to-wall trailers which is what keely wants it to be and so you know that's that's what it is i hear you and it's like we do the song and dance i feel like every year but it's like if you want an awards show you're not bringing your friend over to watch the gdc awards you know what i mean there's a reason you know and it's like those are really great it's a lot of Great developers getting up there and speaking, but like you need the glitz and the glamour to get this audience. It is, it, we talk about it every year, you know. I feel like it's it's such tired hat, but I hear you. Yeah, I, guess I still think what, there's a there's like some kind of 
middle ground that can be i mean i honestly i don't understand why this is not two separate events that are just right next to each other uh because Mm. there clearly needs to be like a winter games fest i mean we had tons of really cool announcements and like i i don't have a problem with watching an ads show or an announcements show given that that's what the billing is like i I watch Summer Games Fest, and that is not called an awards show, and it's what I think people expected. But, um, Jacob, I also had the experience last night of uh, my partner. I asked my partner to watch the Game Awards with me because, you know, he likes he likes video games, too. And he was he was seething. Like, he what? had the worst time watching this. <laughs> he was like, hell? this is awful. <laughs> I, I think to, to be kind of cheesy in in a different direction... Like what I would love for the show to be and kind of I feel like what the pitch should be is a celebration of the games of 2023. And what's weird to me is how much it is not that, you know, that like Mm. when I watch the Oscars, I am like, oh, my gosh, all the great movies that came out last year. I'm like thinking about these movies that like I didn't get to see, but now I want to because look at how good that performance is or whatever. And it's like. I looked down for 30 seconds and I missed that Armored Core 6 won best action game of the year. And like they did not show a clip of that game, you know, and it's just it's just weird that like there is no reflection on the year that just happened that we're giving awards to because it's so focused on these are the games coming out in 2024 and 2025, which again is what he wants the show to be, but it's it's frustrating to me because I like award shows because I like being reminded of yeah. good things that happened in the past year. And and I think there are, like, those pockets of it where, like, oh, okay, the big medley from the orchestra at the end, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. awesome. That was great. Yeah. And had the show been more moments of that, I mean, yeah, I think that's what's what's really missing from it is because there's, there's those glimpses of it, and they're amazing. Yeah, but the idea of, I like the idea of, like, a Winter Games Fest... And then you have all the trailers there, and then it's like the next day is the awards show. But I do think it'd be dry if it was just awards. No offense to the developers, but I think making it more celebration of the year is a good way to go. And it's like maybe the shorthand is just musical numbers in between all the awards. But just like, hey, here's a quick panel where we got a bunch of indie developers up there, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, even if it was just, here's all the awards, and then we just have cool musical numbers celebrating the games, and that would be more the celebration I mean, thing. you know, the Oscars do, they perform all the nominees for Best Original Song. And, like, yeah. that's that makes it more interesting, because you get to see the song from Moana on stage. And it's like, that was the best part of the show last yeah. night. But, I mean, think yeah. about how many people tuned in. Like, the numbers are going up and up and up. There's not an incentive other than super smart people like us on Twitter being like, Keely, you're blowing it. You know, like, I, I, there's no incentive for him to be like, all right, you know what? I think every year I'm sure he goes into it with that message of like, I want to give developers enough time to speak. And then you end up with, no offense, Hideo Kojima talking for a very long time about absolutely nothing. And it feels like, God, I wish we had more time for other people on the stage. But I, I think if it was all that, naturally people would not tune in and people would complain about how boring it was. Yeah, I mean, I I get why it is the way it is. It's just kind of a bummer because I think that it could just simply be two events uh, that, like, complement each other. Um, I completely understand that, like, yeah, people would not tune in as much if there wasn't the promise of, um, you know, like, Lenovo giveaways and uh, seeing a new trailer for, you know, something that hasn't been announced yet. Like, I, I get it that it would just, it would be more of a struggle but um yeah i mean i guess I think, I, yeah go ahead 
I think they could have 25 trailers for games and also do other stuff. And you could tune in and walk. It's like, I don't, you know, it's one of those things where it's like the audience numbers keep going up. So, of course, they don't want to change it. But it's like, I don't think they've ever attempted a change. And then the audience has gone down. You know, like, I do think that the Game Awards is a big enough name that they could, like, be like, you know what? Mm -hmm. This is what we're doing. People know the Game Awards now. They are going to watch it. And maybe people would find it more satisfying to see the games that they liked this year and played. But, like... Uh, because they've never tried it, I guess the logic is just like, well, people are turning in for trailers, so we can't we can't not do wall to wall trailers. Yeah, I- I'm sure. Again, I- I'm sure on the board for next year is that note too of like, okay, we got to this. I feel like they were lambasted in a big way for like the lack of uh, you know lady presenters uh, for their past work at, at Keeley's presentations. Like, okay, let's focus on that. Like, it feels like they're always adapting from the last show and trying to squeeze more stuff in. I'm not saying Keeley's infallible, but I- I enjoy this thing every year, and I hear you. I hear you. It'd be nice to have more time for developers, but I just feel like there's so many fun moments in these things every single year that it's like, oh, this is some of my favorite three hours of the year is uh, the Game Awards. Like, and maybe it's just I like making jokes with Sarah and Leo as we do the big reaction stream and eat pizza. But Jones, as a from your production mind, I mean, what do you think yeah. about when you watch these things? Well, I'm, j- I'm actually just kind of. My, my my brain is going off of Kelsey's suggestion of splitting it up. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, two separate nights, I think, you know, makes sense just pace wise, stamina wise. You know, if you were to like sit through two shows back to back, I just feel I would just would feel so bad because, you know, the developers and a lot of people in the industry would want the viewership of the award ceremony to compete with the Winter Game Fest, you know, on the other evening. And of course, one would just absolutely crush the other. And right, like, right. I think that would be kind of disheartening. I wonder if they could kind of, instead of doing like a weird pre-show, that's also the show. That's something we love to make fun of at Easy Allies, which is like, this isn't the show, but it it, it, it is. It is. <laughs> you know, yeah, like you're missing the show good just stuff. has a different host for 30 minutes for some random reason. <laughs> um, if that, if they could... Like, just give us an hour of just nothing but, like, maybe start with a couple of reveals, then just give us a bunch of awards. Like, give us just, you know, the reason that they're all there, and then we can kind of settle in for, you know, the musical numbers. And, um, uh, but yeah, I'm always thinking of ways that they could cut. We always, we, we mentioned Kojima. He actually, uh, I, if memory serves, there have been game awards in the past that had like three or four musical numbers, just a lot of really weird bands coming in that really weren't featured in games. The that Imagine year, Dragons like, thing. Yeah. saw like two months prior and like chatted with them backstage or something. And then they were like invited <laughs> on. So it was nice that like the one, I mean like seeing Sam Lake just dancing. Oh you know, like my that God. was, you know, one of, if not like the best moment of the show, but having worked with and greatly admire and love the man, Jeff Keeley, Get out of this show, dude. Like, come out on stage, (laughs) announce something, talk to Sean Murray, close the show. That's it. Like, the one thing. No, he needs to tell you that he's played this game already and it looks awesome. No, you took the words right out of my mouth. He did a lot of It's almost like they're obligated. It's like, well, you know, we showed you this six months ago. And it's like, what value does this have? You know, if if you're really scraping the barrel for just seconds that you can snip away from the show. There are so many times I I, like with the exception of a developer pointing to something like McConaughey being like, hey, I know it's weird to see me, but like I'm in this. You know, it's like, oh, cool. Like Simo after the, uh, you know, being like, that was me. You know, like this excitement. It's palpable. You know, like you really connect with that. 
Makili being like, coming up next is something really exciting that you're all going to play very soon. And it's just like, you can apply this to anything. Just just go. Just I mean, roll into the video. Again, I'm not trying to be the world's biggest Keeley defender, but let me bend over backwards to defend this man. Uh, no, the, the idea of like, what value does it add for him being like, you showed me this years ago and it looked great then and now it's coming out and everybody else gets to see it. Like, I almost prefer that little peek behind the curtain compared to like, you know, we'll talk about it, like, when Hello Games announced their new game and Sean Murray was out there, and he does kind of that thing of, like, oh, do you, do you have a trailer to show us? Could we possibly yeah. see it? Like, I don't want oh, to... Do? I don't ever want to see <laughs> Keeley acting with a Muppet, with another developer. It just, I don't want to see it. No offense to the man, a talented man, not an actor. Um, it's just, knock it off. And so that idea, like, I, I don't mind having a little blast of honesty if it's trying to just build up some reality of like yeah look we know it's coming up i think this looks sweet but it, it does occasionally cross that line into like i've seen this and you're gonna love it ellipses on twitter you know like that type of stupid tease crap that he definitely veers into a couple times uh but hey let's wipe away all that and focus on what's right and good in the world kelsey lewin give me other than the dance number from alan wake 2 which was obviously the highlight give me like the the biggest explosion of enthusiasm you had uh watching the game awards for an announcement yeah or just in general i mean because that's really what is uh, they don't give a lot of like crazy uh human moments to be excited about i mean God, they didn't let sam like talk um but anyways oh, wow. i will i'm sorry wiping the wiping it away <laughs> wiping it away um the obvious one for me is the new Monster Hunter. Yeah, I want to talk about it. I yes, mean, yes, yes. Yeah, you're riding a freaking raptor. Like, I don't know. I don't know anything about this game, but it's Monster Hunter and you're riding a raptor. I'm I'm good. I'm down. Yeah, Monster Hunter <laughs> Wilds is the name of this thing. It's like, I think 8-4 play on their podcast. They had a big bet about whether or not they were going to call it uh, World 2. Because like, Monster Hunter World, so, it sold so many copies. And so it's that idea of like, do they leave it behind? But Monster Hunter Wilds, it's close to world. It's a perfect name. I don't know how they haven't Outer used it before. Outer, Outer Wilds. Oh my God. Yeah, maybe that's why it's so clearly connected in my brain. Um, but yeah, as a huge Monster Hunter fan, like riding the Raptor, flying, like a flying mount is going to be wild. Um, I mean, are the super fans dissecting a lot that we're not seeing here other than, looks good. You're riding a thing and there's a lot of lightning going on. Um, I gotta watch the honestly, I haven't watched the trailer again since sure. the game awards, so oh, I haven't yeah. gone through and dissected it. But my guess is people are. I mean, I I yeah. I clocked it pretty immediately that it was Monster Hunter, despite it being like not something you've ever ridden before. Right. Like, this this is either Monster Hunter or it's a very, very uh Monster Hunter knockoff. It's, you know, the next uh wild hearts or whatever <laughs> i'm i'm looking on the monster hunter subreddit right now and the answer is yes people are <laughs> like anyone noticing that there's a second weapon on the mount than the mount Ooh. bag maybe you can switch weapons mid-hunt you know, so like it. yeah it looks God. like there are details to be uh delved into well the the lightning i think is a big thing that i someone who's p played a very limited amount of monster hunter compared to my friends uh you know just seeing the weather seeing the you know the yeah. sandstorm blow in and just wondering like what does that bring in new monsters? Does that change the, the the aspects of the fight? If something gets hit by lightning, does that make it more difficult? Does it make it more valuable? Yeah, if I can able see that. To chip off those things that were affected by the lightning. And yeah, and um, there's a weird shot yeah. at the end too of like the the mount coming in and landing on a perch, and then it's like, boosh, and it almost looks like you're kind of revealing the map. I don't know if that's just like a weird impact of the weather, or if that's kind of yeah. Are you discovering these areas and then it's clearing it out, and you're kind of getting rid of the gunk that's infiltrating the world and clearing it out as you go along and discover new monsters and stuff. 
It's just the textures drawing in. It's a really bad engine. Oh, it's just they, I see. They really, they really got a long way before they polished this I game. get it. I get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. but 2025, uh, I think we all thought this thing was coming sooner because World was, what, 2018? Uh, it's, it's been a little while. I know there's other releases in there as well, but, uh, yeah, it is a cool, cool choice for closing out the show. Maybe it wouldn't be the most obvious choice, but it's like, yeah, you know what? Capcom deserves this. That's going to be a huge game and coming to 2025, it's time to start getting excited for him. All gameplay deserves, deserves the credit. Yeah. Just yeah. The whole thing is just the game. You yeah. Know, it, it speaks for itself, which a lot of games don't do at the game awards. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, toss out. What do y'all like? Speaking of all gameplay in a kind of confusing sense, Hellblade 2 Ooh, um, yeah. is is a game that I have been excited about kind of for a long. I replayed Hellblade this year for, for my podcast, Something Rotten. Yeah. Uh, liked it a lot more than I remembered liking. And also, like, the end of that game is a pretty explicit sequel tease in a mm. way that I did not remember, where it's like, Senua's got more adventures in the future or something. But, like... <laughs> Originally, Hellblade 2 was supposed to come out in, like, winter 2022. Whoa. And, yeah. like, we did not hear anything about it, basically, last year or the year before. Um, but this was, like, this was like someone playing. You know, even though the combat is, like, very kind of cinematic and almost cutscene-y looking, like, you could tell that that was someone playing the game in the clips that they showed. And, like, I am just very excited for whatever the hell that game is going to be yeah i'm still fascinated by this idea of xbox and microsoft kind of kind of pushing hellblade 2 like it's going to be the premier triple a game or quad a whatever ninja theory is saying now triple i is how they described it uh the first game back in the day but i assume that's changed but like as somebody who just played that first game again jacob like i'm always trying to remind people like the first game was weird like this game is probably going to turn yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of people off but i think the xbox marketing machine is trying to build it as like we have yeah. a God of War 2. And it's like, well, yeah, but this mm. one's really bizarre. Yeah, I mean, and just the whole the whole shtick of the first game being like, we can make what looks like a triple-A game with like 20 people and you <laughs> sure. know $10 million or whatever the budget one. And this is like, there are 300 people working on it for five years. We're mapping all of Iceland. Right. It's like, it's such a huge increase in scale that like, I hope the Hellbladiness kind of survives that because, like, right. that game shouldn't be over seven hours long. You know, like, I don't want to be playing Hellblade for, like, 30 hours because I just think it would be kind of too much. And so, like, what does that mean? Yeah. I don't know, but I do want to see the game a well, lot. It's interesting. I mean, it kind of ties into the conundrum this game is in for just marketing, I guess. Um, which shows I know you're a fan of marketing for all games, so I'm trying to lean it towards you. Uh, what I don't care about is probably the same. What I do care about is marketing campaigns, whatever that famous quote from Easy Allies had was. Yes. Um, but with Hellblade 2, like, I remember talking to Tamim, the creative director, visiting the studio back at Game Informer, and just asking him in one of our interviews, like, is Hellblade fun? He's like, no. No, like, we're not, we're not making a fun game. And he's very sincere. Like, it's not designed to be fun. And you can see, like, the, the comms people in the studio being like, ah, I don't know about that message getting out there. But, like, that's where they were at as a team. Like, we want to make some weird, artistic, freaky? Is that offensive? Freaky experience. Um, and if it's fun, eh. But it's not our goal. And now I think it's just interesting to have a huge budget behind a game where the original vision for the series was, it's not supposed to be fun, everybody, you know? Uh, but Hellblade 2, it's looking great. I am definitely curious about it. And so what do they have? 2024 is the new release date. 2024. All right. Perfect. 
Anybody else got something they want to throw out there? Uh, Blade, I think, was just my Ooh. favorite. What? You know, like, yeah. you just, like looking at it and being like, oh, okay, what could this possibly be? And it was funny because, you know, it started out and I, I think I was proud of myself to at least shout out vampires. Just like the second I said, for some reason, I like got that vibe. The and, cross, um, I think, from the barber. and Yeah. Yeah. But to, to me, this kind of was like the total package of like how everything will hopefully go right. Just in like in Keeley's imagining, like. You know, had I, it was a fun video. Um, I thought, you know, compared to the Wolverine tease, showed a lot more. You know, like it was, I was really interested in the vibe of like seeing that countdown. You know, the, it kind of in a dying light way of like, okay, the sun is down, the city has changed. Right. Um, and then you go into seeing Arcane, you know, and them, you know, skirting around anything associated with their previous vampire efforts. It's... But, uh, you know, I, mentioning that it was third person, his enthusiasm yeah. about it being set in Paris. And, you know, like I just I felt that the human angle and the announcement, you know, mixed with the excitement of the IP. Um, I think everybody's just kind of on, on, you know, a lot of Marvel fans are kind of on the edge on the edge of their seat to get more news about the, the movie yeah. as well. And so, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, I think we've been waiting so long since they announced that they were making a a new blade movie and it's just been kind of in a weird development hell. So they have this completely coming out of left field for me uh, and arcane. And the thing that there's a couple things that boggle the mind with this announcement is like, I thought all of arcane stuff had already leaked because there's that big Microsoft leak during the whole Activision acquisition Mm -hmm. and they listed dishonored three. So it's like, okay, well that means that arcane Leon, which is the French studio, they're going to be making dishonored three while the other team in Austin was making Redfall, But now I wonder if Austin's going to be making Dishonored 3. And it is it is bizarre to see them say this is from the creators of Deathloop and Dishonored and not yeah. mention Redfall. I mean, specifically, it was Arcane Austin that made Redfall compared to Arcane Leone, where their last game was Deathloop and then Dishonored 2 before that. And so that's, I guess, how they're kind of skirting around that. But, like, I just... I thought there was no way as they're going with this. It's like, this couldn't be Blade. It's not a vampire game. They couldn't do two vampire games back to back. But there it is, everybody. A new vampire take that now everyone's excited for from Arcane, which is the fun of the industry. If I would have told you this was happening six months ago, you would have laughed in my face. And now it's like, no, no. People are going to be stoked about Arcane making another vampire game in the year 2024, everybody. Uh, But yeah, so they said in the description here, uh, on the official site, Marvel's Blade game will take players to a quarantine section of Paris in the middle of a supernatural emergency. Vampires have emerged, terrorizing the City of Lights and forcing Parisians to shelter inside uh, their homes to wait for sunrise. And Arcane Leone has just begun development on the game, which will feature an original story with the studio's signature immersive gameplay and world-class narrative. Jacob, how, how immersive simmy you think we're getting for the Blade video game? That's... That was kind of what I was curious about, because like when I think Blade video game, it feels, you know, it's like platinum or something. It's like, well, he's got he's got a sword and he's got guns and he kills supernatural beings like this is not going to be a sneaking around, figuring out a way to get in a window game. Right. Um, But, uh, you know, it's like Deathloop was still Deathloop could do action well, you know, at the same time that it that it was immersive sim. So I don't know, like. It the thought of doing stealth, like having stealth be the primary mechanic, is kind of weird to me. But like, I I would be excited to see what like an action immersive sim looks like. Yeah, you know, like if if they let you do cool combos, but also uh, you know, had like a a well designed city with lots of routes around and stuff. Right, right. Yeah, I think it's cool to set it in Paris. That's a a cool twist. And obviously, it's yeah, Dinga, the director's hometown, and so a lot of heart going and into it. It fits. 
you know, they, they definitely do have a, you know, painterly aesthetic to a lot of their work. And I like that they got close enough to the textures. You could kind of get a little bit yeah. of Spider-Verse, like old printed, yep. you know, yep. color meshing uh, comic book vibe. And so it's going to be, it'll be very interesting to see the style because having played something, you know, I did not play Deathly, but I played Dishonored 1 and 2 and played all the DLCs and like going, you know, it's interesting how, how those games look visually, how the colors are blended. And yet it still feels very realistic, but still feels kind of like you stepped into a painting at the same time. Right. So right. It'll be I, hoping that hopefully they can pull off something where it's like, I feel like I'm in a comic book, but I also feel like I'm in Paris. Yeah. And I, yeah. I feel like that's a studio that can kind of ride that line. Yeah, for sure. That was uh, one of the wildest announcements of the show, for sure. Um, the one that maybe got me the most excited. There's a lot going on here. Uh, they announced a new Jurassic Park game. Jurassic Park colon survival, everybody. Uh, This is is about what I want. I mean, the easy shorthand is like, if this is just alien isolation, but for Jurassic Park, I could not be more excited. And we got a glimpse of gameplay at the end. I feel like that's kind of Keeley's push. He always emphasizes how much he wants gameplay from these trailers. And it was a big cinematic love letter uh, to Jurassic Park, which, you know, it's my favorite movie of all time. I'm super stoked, but still at the same time where it's like, we're just going through the greatest hits of the film and that CG uh, trailer, like, uh. and that was that was not a good trailer. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. You was just two on the nose. And you put you put the word survival on anything, and uh, you know, like, alone in the dark survival, you know, Animal Crossing survival. You know, like I'm I'm way down. Oh really? So I, I I think if it was just a logo, I'd be like, oh, you know, like I'd be way more excited than what they did. But it was just yeah, it was very strange to kind of revisit. Remind it was like the Chris Farley trailer. He's like, you remember when they right. went into the kitchen? <laughs> That was cool. And, and she hides yeah. in the same spot that the there kids hide. There were two hide. giant deadly velociraptors last time, and now there is a, you know, slow Dilophosaurus, you know, who she could probably evade. So she the, literally kicked the spoon. You know, it was like, they were, right. it was like, oh my God, come on. So I guess it takes place the day after the first film back on Isla Nublar. And the raptors are getting out of the freezer, but they must be so cold. Uh, those poor raptors. Ice raptors. Dude, ice Ooh, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, no, I see... It's funny, I'm the complete opposite, where, again, I wasn't wowed by the trailer itself. The idea of it, though, I'm still very excited about. And having survival elements in here, if they're leaning into that in any way, which, according to the official site, they're emphasizing survival, interacting with these uh, animals. They're animals, Kelsey. uh, In a unique way of, like, stealthing around. Like, I I am very excited about that. Yeah. I know different strokes for different folks. If there's crafting in here, I... I'm also going to be super excited about it. Like, I'm on board for just survive in a AAA production of uh, Jurassic Park. Uh, Rebooting the park, getting power back to things. You know, like, right. in that way, I totally want to hit all the beats. Kind of going, like, backwards through the movie. That'd be great. But, like, I think for this announcement, I would have liked to know a little bit more about her. Even to have her dialogue, like, the whole time she's on the radio just trying to call, like, maybe trying to get a hold of a loved one or something, you know, like, put a little more human element to it. Yeah. Um, so the but, idea is uh, she's a she's an InGen scientist who uh, was unable to evacuate, so she's stuck on the island. Or that's that's a fine premise, yeah. you know. Like, we're, we're going to find Nedry's corpse 100%. Oh, 100%. You know, like, and, but... You're going to harvest his shoes or something. Speaking of harvesting, I mean, the Barbasol canister, they had that in Jurassic World dominion and so i hope it's not a thing because the telltale game from jurassic park if you remember that that's a big thing is like finding the barbersol canister yada 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 obviously that's not canon i can't imagine this is gonna be canon either but i wonder if they are gonna explain that she's the one who grabs it for then dodgson to have in jurassic world dominion if they even want to honor that film anyway um so i'm optimistic saber interactive is the developer for this thing um it's 
solid choice. There's a part of me where it's like, oh, it's under that embracer umbrella, which I'm scared of. But this apparently survived the embracer culling. But uh, just for a reminder, uh, that's the same development team. They're also they're working on Space Marine 2 right now, which I think looks good. Uh, John Carpenter's Toxic Commandos. We'll see how that thing mm. actually looks when we see gameplay. You know, the last games they released were like Evil Dead the Game, World War Z Aftermath, Wild Card Football. You know, I'm sure different teams within Saber Interactive, but it could be worse for a development studio to make a new Jurassic Park game. So I'm I'm excited. I'm this is what I want, everybody. Shout out to Don Casanova on our team. Oh, yeah. Allies, who's a huge Jurassic Park fan. And I just like trashed this trailer, you know, like again, <laughs> not the project. I'm excited about it. But, um, you know, I, I got I got hot takes for trailers. And then like after we were done recording, we came in like, what do you think, Don? He's like, I loved it. <laughs> it's like, that's perfect. That's perfect. You know, like, the T-Rex roared. Yeah. What else Absolutely. do you want? Yeah, it's everything you need. I'm very happy that they put the little bit of of gameplay at the end i feel like just that the shot of the dilophosaurus mm. shadow at the end of the hall it's like all right that's that sounds cool that's what i want and i know the recent vr game aftermath was kind of going for some of that but eh, vr stealth i just can't really get yeah. into yada 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 um all right lob it what do we got um i want to talk about big walk the yes. new house, house game yes yeah. great trailer <laughs> It, it looks so stupid in the best way. I mean, you're basically just, I don't even know how you would describe these creatures. They're like three balls stacked on top of each other with weird little beaks. But then the um, thing that's wild is it's in a realistic looking environment. Like apparently yes. the environment's yeah. like Southern Australia. Like a Lego game. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's very funny looking, and um, the premise appears to just be, like, hang out and do weird stuff in this environment with your friends. Yes. Which I think is, like, a genre we could all use a lot more of, like, uh, (laughs) ways to connect socially with people through video games. Um, Because I don't play a lot of, like, shooters and stuff like that, so my, like, social uh, video game stuff is it's honestly it's mostly in monster hunter it's like mostly yeah. that kind of thing so like i would love just a dumb game to just go be dumb with my friends in. right yeah just go dink around you don't have to worry about crafting survival or anything but just go you know they say it's an open world experience with a variety of puzzles testing your ability to communicate as a group and there's like proximity voice chat like is that cool bit where they fall into that giant yellow cup in the world and like all the voice chat chains and stuff but yeah it's just a bunch of weird stuff to go explore it is you never would have seen it coming, but it is the perfect follow-up to Untitled Goose Game from those developers. Like it's just, I'm it, I'm glad it looks so different. Yeah, because it's like Goose Game was so popular that it's like you could see them doing Untitled Squirrel Game or yep. whatever. And it's really cool that they're like not they're not just riding that success to you know to the bank. Yeah, I mean, and we're at a point now where. 2025 is going to be at the end of a lot of trailers. Uh, so it's already a stacked year somehow. Um, it seems weird, yeah. but. Yeah. yeah, we we did the going down the list on the on the Easy A podcast last night. Yeah, and there's just so many titles. It's like okay, now time now to talk about this game, and you're like, what was that? And then you like start watching the trailer, and you're like, what? Oh, right. And then, like Big Walk, you just boop one image, and like to- oh, totally. Yep. Like got it. You know, there's <laughs> yep. no game looks like that. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it's 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 like you're QAing it. You know, it's like the it's like the dev is over your shoulder, and he's like, this will be a castle in the future, but we just have kind of this big blue block there. Perfect. Right now. That's all we need. That's all we need. Yeah, uh, go explore weird stuff. Um, um, I want to talk about two quickies. Yeah. Um, World of Goo. 2. Oh my God! Now you're speaking my language. Great vibes. Yes. What I mean, I World of Goo, I think, is maybe the first 
indie game as we would define it that yep. I ever played because my wow. first I, like I had a Wii and it was like what does the Wii shop have on it and it was like World of Goo was kind yep. of their like their big whatever and so like I thought it was a remake at first because a lot of the levels that they were showing looked pretty similar mm -hmm. to World of Goo 1 but it's not it's a totally new thing um and great I'm so happy for them yeah so they just released a remaster through Netflix of the first world of goo uh but yeah completely out of left field so the development team originally kind of split off into 2d boy and tomorrow corporation tomorrow corporation they made like little inferno if you remember that wii u launch title i believe um oh, i and, played it i beat it yeah i liked it um <laughs> and then uh they came back together now for yeah world of goo 2 world of goo 2 but it's been 15 years since world of goo which it's really freaking me out to hear but i'm with you jacob like this is an incredibly important game for me like that pocket of indie games and this one in particular really hit my sweet spot like that soundtrack was so damn good and the fact that it sounds very similar for this uh second one i'm all for it um and then the other one also a soundtrack based game thrasher Ooh. the follow-up to thumper yeah yeah what uh what else you this <laughs> um what's going I on <laughs> this is I will put money on this being a VR game. They did not say it's a VR yeah. game, mm. but looking at that gameplay footage, I'm like, this is a game where you are looking at something and it's following your cursor around, I think, is what what that game looks like, which is like Thumper, a, a pretty simple concept that will probably be elevated by extremely hardcore music is uh is my guess yeah it's a little less visually striking than thumper if i'm being like thumper is more engaging but like thumper is so cool and singular that like i'm very glad that they're just kind of taking another shot at that aesthetic yeah and maybe it's not fair i mean maybe it's just a matter of kind of like tilting the controller uh yeah but like the the view of the screen yeah. was moving in a VR esque. The thumper was optionally VR, so maybe right. it will have both. But like, I think that trailer was recorded in VR. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah. State of VR was interesting to kind of assess throughout this show because, like, hey, for best VR game, because there were awards during this whole thing, um, the best VR game went to Resident Evil Village VR mode. And I was like, oh, okay, that's that's the best one we got this year. All right. And like they had a whole segment for Asgard's Wrath 2, uh, which I think looks good. Um, it's coming out like next week. I, I definitely want to play it. Um, but it was it was alarming seeing like obviously PSVR 2 launched this year and still not seeing a lot of first party support for it. Where like when you first see Kratos on the screen for the new experience, God of War Ragnarok Valhalla, I was like, is this gonna be God of War VR games? Is this where we're going? And then it's interesting to see, like, no, no, no. If Sony's going to spend more development effort on this uh, franchise at this po point, we're not making a little side offshoot VR experience. We're going to make a, a roguelike game out of this. And then also they're making that Last of Us Part 2 roguelike uh, mode within the, the remaster re-release of and that. RE4 VR is out today. Oh, right. And there was no mention of it at the Game Awards. Right. I was like, why? Just do the layup of, like, it's out now. Um, yeah, but they didn't. I, that is interesting. Um, but yeah, got to wear Ragnarok. Is the VR oh. thing like? Is that just because there's not enough critics playing VR stuff for there to be like a real critical discussion about it? Because it does seem so. like there are cool games coming out, and then the award just kind of always gets lobbed to like I, the one that everyone's heard of. Yeah, I think that is the case. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's uh bigger studios pouring a ton of money into these games at this point but yeah i'd be curious from like the vr super fans if they feel like the games released in 2023 are also 
as good as the other games released in 2023. Like if it stepped up in a big way this year, because yeah, we're just jumping around and playing a little bit as we can. But uh, God of War Ragnarok Valhalla, free update coming December 12th. Uh, it's exciting. Uh, Jacob, uh, where does this land for you? A roguelike free DLC edition for um, Ragnarok. Great. I love the combat in that game. There was a roguelike included in God of War 2018. So I'm assuming this will just kind of be similar to that. Uh, can I make a small complaint? Um, Stop no, calling no, things no. Valhalla. It's a bad name. It's, there are only two Viking words. Yeah. You, you only have Ragnarok <laughs> and Valhalla, and we just mix those two <laughs> yeah. words. Well, especially, yeah, because like the yeah, Assassin's Creed Valhalla DLC means, like, yeah, was called it, Ragnarok. Isn't it just like, doesn't that literally just mean apocalypse heaven? Like, that's just nonsense. What is, what? Honestly, if they called it God of War apocalypse Dude, heaven. that sounds like a JRPG. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, it does. Yeah. It actually sounds pretty good. Um, yeah, so it's a weird thing where it's an epilogue to God of War Ragnarok. And they're, they're saying they're continuing the story. Like, it's Mimir bringing Kratos to Valhalla. Don't you squint, Jacob. Uh, that story wrapped up so well. Kratos does not need to do combat arenas to... Give us closure. <laughs> it's a weird thing where apparently you can play this mode. It's like a separate thing. I assume it's going to just be in the menu, but it's going to be continuing the story. So on the official PlayStation blog, they're like, you should probably finish the story, but technically you don't have to. And then you're going to go into this and be stripped of all your weapons and then choose your abilities and runes and stuff as you're going through and uh, tackling this. I'm curious to see how much story is going to be in there. If they do have a little tease at where they're going next, if you make it far enough and stuff, but it's cool. It's weird to think though that like, Presumably, there is that Last of Us uh, Part 2 remake leak that happened, was that last week, two weeks ago? Um, and that was, in theory, supposed to be at the Game Awards as well. So it would have been strange to have Sony release like two big franchise roguelike modes in the same showcase if their original plans went through. But who knows? Uh, all right, what else we got? What else we got? Uh, if uh, the, Hello Games releasing a open world fantasy <laughs> crazy it was not on my bingo card man like that yeah. that was um when he when they he was like hey let's look, take a look i was like okay this is gonna be extremely brief this is gonna be a concept and we'll kind of be excited especially because you could kind of see sean murray like slipping back into his his role you know he's kind of excited he's like hey you know it's it's tough to explain and it's like that is your job like you, you <laughs> need to be you need to be an expert at explaining the games that you want us to buy dude that you've had all these years to figure that out um and you know it, it especially after this huge montage of showing like all these crazy free updates that no man's sky has gotten this game that like i loved the original and i can't imagine how absorbed i would get in that game now yeah and then being like well, let's just completely jump genres and let's take a entire gameplay tour of this world and just have fun. Like I was, um, I was very, very surprised. I don't know how yeah. much time I'll end up spending in this world, depending on how gratifying it is to explore. But and I'm super curious, like how it actually works. I, like he didn't really specify that. Like everyone's all players are on the same planet. Like well, but it's just, a but like, it's procedural. That, like, every, yeah, yeah, I am. I'm curious about how that works because even the multiplayer. I guess, yeah, it's just a procedural planet, so it's all going to be the same for everybody there by and large. Around. They went into some villages and it was yeah. like, who are, who are these? Like, are, they, are there no NPCs? Like, what? Yeah. Well, but there were, yeah, there were the weird NPCs, I presume. Like, the most interesting shot in this entire thing, and just, you know, yeah, this team behind No Man's Sky, they have a small team. They said there's like a dozen developers who have been working on this for like five years, but the game's called Light No Fire, which is confusing. Very cool logo. It, it's kind of like a remixed version of the No Man's Sky logo. Yeah. yeah. But odd for them to release another game that's three words in the title 
No is in there. No is their brand. But then also, remember they released that little indie game called Last Campfire a couple of years ago. So they're kind of like remixing yeah. all of their work before for light no fire here. Um, I was um, I was surprised and and a, a touch disappointed that in in his pitch. I did not get that it was going to be a high fantasy game. Yeah. And so when it loaded up and people were like flying yeah. on dragons, I was like, oh, this is more like World of Warcraft than I would. You know, the the idea of he was like, there are mountains and they are the size of Earth mountains. Right. They are not video game mountains. They are big. But then it's like, OK, but if you can fly on a dragon up to them, that feels less <laughs> cool. So, like, I'm not, you know, I, I don't I don't want to dismiss the game yeah. before I played it. I think it's cool that they're doing this. But like. I didn't think it was going to be like a, a dwarfs and elves game. And and then you see the trailer and it's like, oh, it does. It is. There was a lot of fantasy last night. And that was one of them. Yeah. 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 It was an interesting, like, I don't know, uh, twist. I feel like just given the pitch, I was like, OK, OK, let's see it. And then dragons came out of nowhere. And I was like, OK, yeah. So well, I. I don't know. I, I think I kind of like the choice to make that be a surprise and not part of the pitch. But. It could have gone either way. Well, I think it was just, I mean, no messaging has been dissected more than Sean Murray's messaging of games. Um, so I do think it was interesting that he led so many times with saying, it is Earth. We're building an Earth. Like, instead of just saying we're building a planet, like, they yeah. hit the word Earth, like, five times before you saw the trailer, which is why then in the opening when it says, a fantasy Earth, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> why say Earth then? It, but I guess they just say it to kind of ground it in the size and scale, I guess. So like, we are making something as big as Earth is the other shorthand and I guess they're going to use. I think one of, the, one of the exciting things about it that they talked about, which is like, lots of games do this, but it's like, no Man's Sky, as cool as it now is, still has the thing where every planet is like one biome, mm -hmm. you know, and so like when when I picture a No Man's Sky planet, it's like, oh, it's a desert world and it's that all the way around. And so for this to be like, no, we're going to have like terrains yeah. uh, is, you know, it's Minecraft, but cool. Yeah. And there's there's shots in that trailer that got me excited, like, you know, you see hints of kind of like Valheim like survival experience, right? You see people like chopping down trees, building out houses and stuff. And then what I was going to say is that the, the one shot that captured my imagination is where there's just like the bunny people <laughs> where there's like, he's like wearing like a bunny mask or helmet or he is a bunny or something and walking through. And there's just like rows of bunny people on the side, like bowing to you. And like, that just implies a whole new arena for you know npc interaction that wasn't really available in no man's sky at least at launch i haven't played it for years so maybe there's people bowing to you in no man's sky now as well but, but what, what i you know uh speaking of the fantasy genre i think one of you uh, just mentioned this a lot of fantasy in yeah. the uh the show last night and it's funny it kind of made like a fantasy and then kind of went to military sci-fi and then it came back to fantasy at the end yeah and I, this probably just speaks to my tastes, but like there definitely has been moments in previous game awards where we get to like that 60, 70 yard line and it's just like another shotgun heavy like game. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, you know, yep. it's like I feel so bad for anybody taking this time slot because there's just there's there's so little you could think your trailer's so great and you have no idea what anyone else is showing. And then like two hours go by and you're like, Shit, our game looks so much like a lot of this other stuff. But like something about that fantasy genre where it's just like, even though I've seen a lot of spells and swords, you throw, you know, visions of mana in there and like, this is a whole new thing. Like, yeah. This is very different. You know, having not had a lot of experience with the mana series, like, wow, this is a big deal. You know? Yeah. Even some I, of the sci-fi stuff had kind of a fantasy bent to it. So right. it was yeah. satisfying. It's better than a bunch of farming sims and space horror games, which was definitely the theme for a while here. But yeah, visions of mana, or sorry, vision of mana. 
a complete surprise, especially after, you know, the last remake of Secret of Mana uh, that was years and years ago uh, was not very well received. It was, it felt like kind of, it came in right before kind of the HD 2D became the default way to make or to remake old Super Nintendo uh, games. And so it just was clunky, felt cheaper than maybe the Super fans would want it to be. Uh, but now Vision of Mana, it's like they're going all out. This feels like a, a big production from Square. Kelsey, are you a Mana person? Uh, no, I haven't played any of them, but Ooh. I was able to, or at least not more than, you know, five or six hours of one. Um, but, I, but I'm but i proud of myself. I clocked it right away. I was like, is this Saiken Densetsu? <laughs> nice. Ooh, and, uh, and it was. So I'm just patting myself on the back there for a, yeah. a second. Um, yeah, no, it looks really good. Um, I'm excited about it. And I mean, this was the first year I tried a Star Ocean. Maybe this will be the first year I try all the way through a Mana game. Yeah, give it, yeah, it's coming out twenty twenty four for uh, Vision of Mana. Yeah, apparently it's been fifteen years since the new game, but like they, they know what they're doing. They're hitting that. They have like the old font from Secret of Mana. There, we're like highlighting the tree as much as possible. Like I think it's Jones to use your parlance. I think it's a good trailer. I think they hit exactly <laughs> what they needed to do to get fans excited about something completely new for, for the Mana series. Um, and then more fantasy. It won't stop, but don't worry. This is the final uh, one. Uh, final Fantasy 16. Big surprise here. Uh, two pieces of DLC was announced for Final Fantasy 16. Uh, Echoes of the Fallen, which is out now. Uh, and then Rising <laughs> Tide, which is spring 2024. Um it, Easy Allies still lays claim to the word Shadow Drop, right, as the origin point. We like to think so. Yeah, some of the some of the nomenclature in, in the games industry is really hard to kind of like you know officially take credit for. But but no one else. We, is if somebody if somebody has yet to you know debunk that theory that they can go back to an earlier date and claim that somebody else used that term for a game that you know did not exist before in, in the public mindshare and is now available to for free download or purchase. Oh, there we go. We're taking it. <laughs> Echoes of the Fallen, Shadow Dropped, uh, Last Night. It's available now. Um, and it's, so it's a weird thing where it's it's this DLC and the next DLC, which is all about uh, Leviathan, which I'm very excited about. The Lost One, Jacob. Um, but now for this, it's like it's before the ending of the game. You can just go out and do this side quest and stuff. And apparently you also get like Cloud's Buster Sword uh, if you <laughs> buy the DLC for this whole thing. They got to do it, of course. Um, which, of course, leads to the most exciting announcement of the evening, other than Jurassic Park. Uh, this was... They set it up like, hey, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, here's the theme song to it. It's like, hey, that's cool. Like, I really like that Hollow song, which is a theme from Remake. Let's see what they got. And then they just start playing a trailer behind the singer. And it's like, what? Get that singer out of the way. Like, they're showing a (laughs) bunch of wild stuff from Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Uh, So the biggest thing that they're they're showing is they had the reveal of Sid, who's... In theory, the last playable character uh, that you'll get that they haven't shown yet uh, for this timeline. So his face was revealed behind a singer on the Game Awards, uh, technically. And they had a whole trailer that they posted to uh, their YouTube channel, Final Fantasy there, that showed so much. Because just the tease of what they're showing behind the singer is like, this is a ton. And then the trailer even showed more. Uh, They showed... Dine, they showed, you know, Titan, a ton of summons, a ton of stuff from the Gold Saucer. Like, they show Aerith singing, apparently the main theme that Uematsu uh, wrote for this game, which is very exciting. They show a confusing amount of Marlene, I guess, to get into some vague details, but she's talking about, she's talking with Zack, which is strange. It's I, There's a lot you can go into here. So Final Fantasy VII, I feel like the... The best spot you can be in with Final Fantasy VII and the remake series is like, yeah, I played remake. I like that game. Let's see where they go from there. If you know nothing about Final Fantasy VII, 
you must be frustrated and confused. If you know everything about Final Fantasy VII, which I'm not quite there. I'm no Maximilian dude, but I'm inching my way towards it. Um, I, I'm, <laughs> my mind is also reeling about what is happening here. There's so much weird stuff with Zack and the situations that he's in in this trailer with like Cloud in a wheelchair behind him and Marlene. And then also Aerith is there. And there's a shot. There's a shot in this trailer that's like the end of the first disc of Final Fantasy VII, which is a big deal. But, Jacob, in that shot, they show like the whispers of fate like swirling around it. We're just like, wait, no, we got rid of yeah. them. That was the whole point. Yeah. But maybe that is from Zack's timeline then where fate still is being ruled by whispers which are also fan expectations is that a nice summary of what's going on here photoshop your head onto like the always sunny (laughs) i can't can't do it i I love yeah you you sound insane and i love it thank you so much i I get that a lot i genuinely enjoy listening to this because it gets me more interested did you play remake kelsey game in the series huh did you play remake i know i never finished it oh okay i know all right. And I and the only reason I haven't is because so I, I forget something came out in the middle of me playing it and I switched to that and then you know just now knowing like or knowing that it was going to be a bunch of different parts anyways I was like maybe I'll just play it like a few months before the next one comes out. So now I right. do need to That's now. Do my words and actually mm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, now now it's time to actually go do that. Yeah, I mean it's coming out at the end of February. Uh it is coming up so fast. Um couple of things Seeing Tifa throw uh, Kate Sith in a combo move is very fun. And then also uh, the part that was sh- it's shocking, but it shouldn't be. It's just hearing Sid's voice. Like in the trailer, you can hear Sid and it's just it's that disconnect that they got away from with 16 in a very beautiful way. But it's back and never more present in this trailer because Sid just has very Japanese anime style animations and expressions but then the voice coming out of it is they gave him like a southern accent, which I guess he had in Advent Children as well. But it's like it is the it's a real disconnect for I just imagine Sid being like a gruff, weird drunk. And it's like I never thought of him as southern in the original game. But sure, I guess it has more personality. Um, let's see. Other stuff that we missed. What what pops for uh, y'all? Well, we got to talk we about, gotta talk the, about uh, the Jordan Peele in the room. <laughs> yeah. O.D officially revealed jacob explain this game go please we're counting on you kojima's making a horror game uh, yeah, I, honestly it's like that's that is exciting enough for me did he need to talk for as long as he did no but like you know silent hills the greatest game loss of my generation like <laughs> i i do want kojima to make a horror game and so the fact that he's doing this with xbox while also developing death stranding 2 all confusing but like cool i you know i'm on board yeah so if, did you know that it's also not a game but also not a movie but a brand <laughs> new type of experience that we've never seen before i look i'm excited I to see that, kojima yeah. come up on stage every time i'm excited for it this was maybe the most that i've questioned my love for kojima <laughs> where yeah. it's like you know what maybe everyone was right maybe he is just so in love with movies and directors and wanting to connect with these directors Uh, so the official description on the site for od um, is we are working with xbox game studios and their cloud gaming technology to take on the challenge of creating a very unique immersive and totally new style of game or rather a new form of media yeah 
I I just I don't know, man. What about as a trailer, Jones? How are you ranking OD? Well, I could believe. I mean, that it, it just takes away the fact that new types of media are happening all the time. <laughs> so it's not sure. it's not, it's not as hard as we are led to believe. Um, uh, yeah, the. I think the game looks interesting. I think the thing that I love the most about what Kojima is doing just across the board is how much he loves actors. Like I love yeah. how much they are put first and foremost. Like he just like, he's always posting pictures with them on his Instagram. Like, like he really wants to showcase other talent and show that like, I am collaborating and learning with with them, even though this, this could be like a Elden Ring, George R. R. Martin situation where like, after we're done playing OD, like we'll all message Jordan Peele and be like, what did you contribute? And he's like, I, you know, Right, <laughs> it's right. like not really tangible, not really something I can, you know, highlight, but, but just but, kind of I'm pleased with how it, you know, wrapped up and maybe more people are. Yeah. With it. Yeah. It was a weird. It, <laughs> so Jordan Peele came out on stage to say he's working with Kojima in some way on OD and that Kojima had the weird move, which Leo in our reaction video definitely noted as well, where Kojima's like, and this guy's not even the coolest that I'm working with. Like there's other right. <laughs> horror directors. And so. It's like, all right, horror directors that Kojima would want to work with that would be open to it. Like, I'd be shocked, honestly, if John Carpenter wasn't involved in some way. Like, I know he's I mean, getting up there. Del Toro? Uh, yeah, oh, of course. Well, well of when the course. door opened, I thought I completely missed the, you know, the the score that they were playing, the Jordan Peele theme. But um, <laughs> when the door opened up, I was like, oh, please, that'd be great. You know, that would be, that'd be fun, you know, getting back together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I feel like the the thing with, with Kojima and his his presence and his promises is like, when he makes a bad game, I'll I'll start complaining about that. More. But it's like he is he is like he's like a, an annoying guy who says a bunch of like ridiculous sounding things and then makes some of the most compelling games we have ever played. And so it's like, you know, the, the lead up to Death Stranding was annoying, too. And then you play Death Stranding and you're like, it's kind of cool. You know, is is this the the birth of a new medium no but like it's more interesting than 99 percent of games yeah yep i think that's completely fair um so in this od they say it explores the concept of testing your fear threshold and what it mm. means to od on fear while blurring mm. the boundaries of gaming and film and so obviously the trailer looked ridiculously good uh it's all in unreal using the meta human tech uh but it it just looks like live action faces the only game which that, i like a, like a dummy was like no yeah i was with you and isla and our team was like that's the whole it's meta human it's the it's like their whole thing it's <laughs> <laughs> the pitch you, you idiot uh, but, it was like really like it's yeah. fun it's kind of neat to just like oh we just we just scrambled our way up the uncanny valley we made it yeah like so that's 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 worth noting if you had to and good until you see them walk yeah. and then the walks are gonna look all weird and video sure. game animation <laughs> But what do you think it is? It's just jump scare the game? Like, what What could this possibly be that's merging film and games and the reveal trailer is a bunch of close-up of faces talking and then screaming? Like, yeah. You have to control your character through their eyes. You have to be okay. like... Okay, all right. I think I see my character. Oh, I've lost him in the shadow. That'll do it. Uh, yeah, it's interesting to see them shift away from the Decima engine. I uh, wonder if they're using Unreal for... Have they confirmed they're using... Decima for um, the sequel to Death Stranding? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, is Decima, like, locked to Sony? Could they oh, not do, interesting. like, an Xbox game with Decima? I don't That's know a great point, of course. Work, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that could be something like that. I'm not sure either. Um, but, yeah, let us know what we missed in the comments below uh, for big things. Anybody else have something they're, they're dying to talk about? Um, this, despite Rebecca Valentine's really damning report on the studio that's making yeah. it, Black Myth Wukong looks like a neat game right. uh, it 
sucks that there is a culture of sexism that apparently surrounds the studio and its developers and its fans. Uh, read read that thing. But like yeah. that that game looks really impressive, and I do want to play it. Yeah, that's an IGN article if you want to get a behind the scenes look at what's going on over there for for Black Rift. Um, I guess there are awards we should talk about. Um, best Family Games, Mario Brothers Wonder, Best Direction, Alan Wake Two. There you go, Jacob. You did it. Uh, I was interested. Best Narrative. I thought that would be a lock for Baldur's Gate since it mopped up so much else, but that went it's to Alan tough. Wake Two as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, big game of the year, Baldur's Gate Three. Uh, huge, huge winner of the entire evening. Sarah was screaming in our reaction video. Uh, so hats off to the entire team. Yeah, yeah. I thought Asterian's speech was my favorite. Yeah, um, it was really I, wonderful. I thought it, was, I thought it was very honest and yeah. Um, yep. That whole row, whenever they cut back to that row, that team was feeling it the entire night. Oh, especially when they got up there and, you know, we're talking about, was it the cinematics director that passed away just like a couple weeks ago? It's like, oh, that's brutal. But yeah, hats off to Larry. And, uh, play him off, play him off, play him off. <laughs> oh, yeah, seconds. I saw somebody on Twitter like moving the back and it's like. Oh, the, the teleprompter could, said. If you could with the death talk, just, you know, <laughs> trim, Jesus please. Christ. Yeah. Uh, uh, Janet posted something on Instagram that was um, the, the Kratos voice actor who, you know, of course, was like making jokes about how he's not going to talk for eight minutes or whatever um, and showed the teleprompter um, of his joke about how his speech was as long as the new Call of Duty campaign. Right. Um and then the next thing was just supposed to be presenting, but he went in and made a like a jab and be like, I would never work for that studio. Screw those guys. <laughs> I was like, I don't think they wanted you to say that. <laughs> it was fun to have the confirmation of the teleprompter being like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. That was not screwed. <laughs> don't bash them, please. Uh, yeah, chat saying, you didn't talk about the Sega remakes. Honestly, I, I thought that just looked like a bad ad. So then at the end, it was like, wait. They're announcing remakes of Jet Set Radio, Shinobi, Golden Axe, Streets of Rage, Crazy Taxi, and more. Like, that was such a confusing delivery because it really just yeah. felt like this is a paid slot, yada, yada, yada. But that was a huge thing. If you frame by frame through that trailer, those don't, those don't look like You know, like uh, oh, Radio oh. looks interesting and Crazy Taxi, is it's been so long. But like I missed Golden Axe entirely. Like Brad yeah. Ellis mentioned that after and I was like, Golden Axe was in that trailer? Right. I missed the Streets of Rage part, but I got yep. all the other ones. So yeah, I think, yeah. I think they did kind of just go through really quick on those um, in a way that if you're not like really attuned to Sega stuff, and I feel like I am, you yeah, probably yeah. would have missed at least part of it. Well, it's just it was a confusing presentation because even the trailer in Sega's official channel is just called Power Surge. And so years ago, remember they there was a leak that like, oh, Sega's making a remake of Jet Set Radio and Crazy Taxi, but it's part of their initiative to make a quote unquote super game that's going to compete with Fortnite. And so I, I don't know, but my read on this is like, oh, is this going to be a launcher called Sega Power Surge or something? Yeah. And then all the remakes are going to be within yeah. that. And then that's their attempt to keep people like online. Like a rare replay engaged. kind of thing where yeah. like yep. behind the scenes collections are like, you know. Yeah. I thought the Sega Super Game was Hyenas. I know. I think this it's is. Like, I think this is canceled. Separate. Like it cost a billion dollars. Ooh. They had two super games and one of them didn't work out. Yeah, unclear. Unclear to me, at least. Let us know in the comments, everybody. Um, there were there were two games from Day of Devs that I thought looked interesting. Oh, also. yes. Please, please, uh, please. Nirvana Noir. They're making a new uh, Genesis mm -hmm. Noir. I that, love that, that game. That first game is awesome. Yeah. Looks um, cool. And also, uh, I've seen clips on this on Twitter forever, but uh, Militianer, the the game with like the giant policeman who's just like sitting and then you have to like make friends with him and they referred to him as like a tamagotchi what uh, 
this was this was the first game in the whole showcase but oh it's, it is literally it's like it's like a a three thousand foot tall uh policeman sitting <laughs> and you are like a guy trying to do things in the city and he's watching you and he can see when you do bad things and it's like it is just unbelievably compelling it's like a single image and i don't know what the game is gonna be but it Perfect. looks really neat uh speaking of unclear about the game but we can learn more uh they also showed uh dome kim cabbage dome king cabbage from our friend kobisoft joe one of the best looking games ever uh, and it's an rpg but i still am curious like what it's like to actually play that but a uh, shout out to, to dome king cabbage and kobisoft joe there and then kelsey i assume we're on the same page for the biggest most exciting thing from day of the devs yeah of course the new gold master series from uh from Digital Eclipse, right? Yes. The, the Jeff Minter story, Hell, which is an yes. interesting one to follow up on. And I assume that, um, you know, th- I feel like they're doing some kind of deep cuts here. And I I assume that just has to do with access. And it's just sort of a, like, slow build on these, um, you know, not that no one's ever heard of Jeff Minter or anything, but, like, the it is a slower, like, this is a, this is a pretty UK centric, I feel like, uh, studio, Lamasoft. Yeah. You know, like this is something that people who grew up with Amigas know about and care about a lot more than anyone here. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm hoping, like, I'm incredibly excited for this. I'm really excited to learn more. Um, and, you know, as someone who does not know the full history, to learn a lot more, just as I did with uh, Karateka. Say that very carefully every time now. Um, <laughs> But I really do hope this just continues to build on, like, they can just get, like, higher, slightly higher profile yeah. every time um, until we've worked our way up to uh, Goldmaster on on Miyamoto or something. That's it. It's coming. Yeah, I mean, so this is the follow-up, yeah, from uh, the team that made the making of Karateka. One of the best games of the year, I'd argue. Um, and so, yeah, the Jeff Minter story. I, it is, you know, pretty niche. Uh, more niche than Karateka even, which is a weird sentence to say. But at the same time, like, it, I do think it's a perfect avenue for this. Where it's like, you know, I heard Brad Shoemaker rave about Jeff Minter for years on Giant Bomb. And then I played Tempest. I'm like, yeah, Tempest does rule. Mm. Uh, maybe I do want to learn more about this person. So it's, I think it's that perfect level of like, you know a little bit about Jeff Minter. But wouldn't you love to go fully behind the scenes and get the full interactive documentary experience about this uh, lovely British developer's life? So I'm I'm super pumped for uh this yeah, thing i'm conflicted i kind of want all of their games to be stuff i have i have no background on. oh whatsoever. interesting yeah it's, yeah, like, yeah it's like fill my brain with history like <laughs> let's go i guess i just want them to stay in business and i feel yeah, like there if you they go. do only yeah. niche stuff that's probably not yep. uh as big of a money maker but yeah no i'm with you yep. i like i like learning a lot i mean you know i've I have seen a lot of the Jordan Mechner papers he put, he published his journal several years ago, um, just like in a hardbound book. So, I mean, it was not impossible to learn information about him, but he definitely still isn't like, you know, one of the uh, most quoted or um, like, I don't think people are talking about him as much anymore as they are about, um, you know, the bigger developers, like, or the super timeless ones like a Miyamoto or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited about it. I mean, you say you're worried about them staying in business for, if it helps or hurts, Atari just bought Digital Eclipse, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. so maybe they're slightly more stable. Um, but then again, in our interview with Wade Rosen from Atari, he did say that Atari was losing money on a regular basis. So I don't really <laughs> understand what's happening with the state of the Atari. That being said, shout out to Atari CEO who came by the Give to the Max charity stream and helped do some uh, some auctions. Nice. So deeply appreciate that. Uh, so please keep Digital Eclipse safe. 
Um, all right. Uh, speaking of keeping safe, you want to have something that you want to keep safe forever, Jacob Geller? Yes, of course. Well, that could only be one thing, which of course is Star Ocean. The second story are the Collector's Edition. Here's how this works, everybody. You can win the Star Ocean. The second story are Collector's Edition. Thanks to Square Enix. All you have to do, subscribe to the MinMax Show podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review for the MinMax Show podcast on Apple Podcasts. Include your Discord name, Twitter handle, Instagram handle. Include some way to contact you like that. Uh, and we are randomly choosing a winner on Monday for the PlayStation version of the Collector's Edition for Star Ocean, the second story R. So jump in there, leave a review for the podcast. It helps us out in a big, bad way. Helps support us by just leaving a review. And then you have a pretty good chance of winning Star Ocean, the second story R. We'll be giving away a code on Monday. So thanks, everybody, for leaving a review for the podcast. Um, can you believe we've been talking about so many other games and they announced GTA 6 uh, this week and we haven't talked about it yet? Yeah. Isn't that mind-boggling? All right. The big trailer reveal. Jones, you love GTA more than life itself. Uh, Give me your viewing experience of this trailer, new trailer from Rockstar. A few things are better. I feel like an idiot for even thinking like, oh, beginning of December, that'll probably like appear at the Game Awards. Like what on earth does Rockstar need to do? You know, like what, why on earth would they waste their time? (laughs) But it's, it's, it's interesting. There have been a lot of interesting announcements in the past week, you know, just kind of like that. You know, the wave, like, you know, uh, the tide, you know, making all the boats go up. Um, <laughs> As but they hey, say. That, that popular phrase. <laughs> um, I Like, my gut reaction, the first time I saw it, I think the shot that stood out to me the most was all of the racers in the mud and the one lady yeah. going up, like, you know, it was like, whoa, like, th- I've never seen this. Like, yep. this is a vibe, you know, not that, like, all the GTA games aren't, like, you know, boisterous and silly and in your face and the characters aren't just, like, extreme examples of just all these different parts of society. But, like, well, this city's just a party. It's a constant party. Like, yeah. not like partying is not just, like, one factor of all of the different societal aspects in Vice City. Like, it just seems like what the city's doing, you know? Yeah. And so... Um, I, I think it almost like, you know, the environment and like vehicles, I think that almost kind of overshadowed the story, you know, and um, uh, people are really speculating about, you know, the protagonists and the, the, there's a lot to, you know, suggest there. But um, I, that was like my number one takeaway. Yeah. It's just like, this, I mean, it's nuts. It's one of those things. I, I feel like you can kind of talk your way out of forgetting what they're trying to highlight in game trailers so often. It's like, what is the emphasis? And the emphasis in this trailer is very much look at these NPCs. Like these NPCs are going to be more dynamic than you could possibly imagine. And like I saw people on Reddit, I mean, they don't know anything, uh, but they're very shrewd. But somebody had a good point over on Reddit talking about like, oh, I wonder since it's such an emphasis on NPCs and social media here, are the NPCs going to be like recording you and then you'll see clips of like you robbing a bank from like an NPC's perspective on social media. Like, that's such like a cool I think, idea. I believe strongly you will. I think yeah. you'll be able to go back to your apartment, turn on the news, and see gameplay of you in the outfit you were wearing. That'd be so cool. You know, and like have people talking about like the mission you just did. Kind of like the opposite of what GTA 5 introduced, where it's like I would be listening to the radio, they would say something, oh, this company just failed. And I'd be like, whoa, 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 sell stock, sell stock, you know. And so it's kind of be like the opposite of that, like something will happen and you'll right. you'll see like kind of how the world was affected. And it's interesting to see the evolution from GTA 5 to Red Dead Redemption 2 to now, yeah. where in GTA 5, I would be walking down the street and I'd be like, is that like a person talking? 
And like you go to the corner and it's like, oh, here's it. Oh, who are you? And it's like, wow, this isn't a mission. This isn't something, you know, I need to do or is going to be marked in my progress in any way. But it's still a character that was mocapped and voiced in that. Well, okay, there they go. That was a fun little interaction. Then you have Red Dead 2 where you're just constantly, you know, you know, being held up on horseback or somebody's asking for help or you go into a cabin and corpses everywhere. And you're like, what on earth? Yeah. And now it's just like, I mean, you know, you're almost going to need to just kind of elbow all of these NPCs out of the way and be like, I'm doing a mission. Like, there's just going to be, you know, just just people trying to get likes <laughs> and clicks all, yeah. all over the place. And I wonder, like, it, it shows, I mean, first of all, the trailer looks gorgeous. I don't know why. I, maybe it's just the game's been in development for so long. For some reason, I thought, like, yeah, it'll look good. But then just that opening shot of her, like, turning around and that yellow orange purple lights like okay this is stunning the first shot of the beach i was i was yes there's no way there's no way (laughs) yeah but i mean digital foundry had a whole video and they're like it seems an engine like it's a 4k video but it's technically running at 1440p uh you know 30 frames and they're like we think it's legit um yeah i don't recall any gta 5 or red dead videos where they like showed the original trailer and then showed the game and we're like they lied you know like no it it all all came to pass yeah like that that so. It was fun seeing Digital Foundry like obsessed about the hair physics. Like that lady on the roof in you know the bikini, and she like turns. It's like the way her hair moves is just unbelievable compared to all other tech out there. Um, but yeah, I wonder if on the social media front, it's gonna be a thing where like, okay, you're getting out of jail in the beginning as Lucia, um, one of the two protagonists, and it's gonna be a thing where like she's been in jail for so long that like social media has changed, and it's gonna be kind of her getting in a Yakuza style way, I suppose, coming back to society. It's like, oh, here, let me introduce you to our parody of Instagram. You've been away for a long time and that's going to kind of be setting up this overwhelming theme in the game or is it just we're too focused on this first trailer and the social media aspect won't be that big of a deal? I think it'll be a big deal. I just don't think it will. I think it'll be outside of the story. Everything in the game will kind of be reflected through that lens, but I don't think it necessarily speak to like her position on the world. Yeah. But um, I mean, tying that into the couple, which is very new. Yeah. There have been lots of romantic relationships in like prior GTA games, but like, oh man, is Rockstar going to run that relationship into the ground? It's not going to be pretty. You know it. Like one's going to have to kill the other. Or you know what? I just thought of it in this moment because you just suggested that, Ben, like, this, you know, the potential idea of like her getting out of jail at the beginning and, you know, her boyfriend, Jason, or what, you know, like that's what people are calling him, like, uh, you know, breaks her out potentially. That's a very classic GTA mission. And then you have him kind of maybe with these ideas of like, okay, we got to, you know, here's stuff that we can do for the business. Let's get back on track. Let's do what we were doing before you got in prison. But obviously yeah. now she's changed, you know, and then kind of maybe trying to go through the motions mm. of like, yeah, we're still a relationship. We still love each other. But obviously that, you know, you got to have dramatic tension there. And so like, there will be parts of that that won't work. Yeah. But then you got to have the balance of like, I'm going to play as her for 10 hours, you know, and like, is he going to call you and be like, hi, remember that heist we were going to do? Or like, let's go bowling or like how, yeah, how they keep being separated and pulled back together is going to be interesting, especially since like a lot of writers at Rockstar that were responsible for some of my favorite Rockstar moments are gone, you know? So um, it's, it's cool to see it's cool to see that trailer given that I would have not been surprised at all if they were like, Hey, it's just online. We're, we're actually not doing a story at all. Yeah. We're just gonna, we're just gonna make the money we made before. I'm curious to see how it all comes together. There was like, I, I don't know if this is intentionally a nod to like the first reveal of GTA five. I don't know if you remember that, but it's like, why did I move here? I guess yeah. it was the weather. And like this yeah. one opens with like, so you know why you're here? Bad luck, yeah. I guess. Or it's like, okay, it feels very much like the same kind of cadence as, as GTA 5's opening trailer. But Jacob, what was your hot take uh, seeing this thing? You know, it's really interesting because it's like, I 
I do not like... I haven't really been into any GTA game, like, because of the worldview, sure. you know, that it's like, I respect Rockstar as game designers. I love Red Dead 1 and 2. I, like, you know, the idea of, like, going on my phone and there's, like, dick talk instead of TikTok, <laughs> and it's like, you know, that's, and then it's like, oh, ha ha It's like, I, the, the kind of, like, the specific brand of cynicism that GTA has, I've always found pretty grating. Yeah. Um, but this trailer really, like, did something for me. And I'm not sure exactly what, because it's not like that's not here. And, like, obviously they're doing so much kind of like people in Florida are crazy. Right. But, like, I, I, I think the there was a level of like pathos to the two main characters that I found pretty compelling where it's like, I, I never liked uh, Michael or Trevor for a second. And so like GTA five was very hard for me to connect to, even with all of the like craft things that I thought were very impressive because like those characters just sucked and I didn't like being them at all. And, and so like I do, I do really want a, you know, if if Red Dead 2 specifically is like we can pull off a very serious story and like make characters who people like and whatever, I, I'm excited to play as those characters. And that was made me more interested in this than I have been in previous GTAs. Yeah, I kind of had a similar train of thought a little bit where I wasn't the biggest fan of GTA 5, like San Andreas, one of my favorites of all time. Um, but I had a moment watching this trailer I was like, oh, that's right. Forget GTA, if you will. This is the next game from the studio that made Red Dead Redemption, Red Dead Redemption 2. You know, like one of my favorite games ever. And it's like, that is, that has me more excited than just the next GTA in a weird way. It's just, it's fun to see how different franchises can kind of just build the hype for the the sister, the partner franchise within the studio now. Um, there was a weird, uh, I don't know if you remember the leak from like 2021, like uh, Jason Schreier and Tom Henderson were reporting on it. But back then they're like, okay, it's going to be Vice City. Uh, it's going to have a woman protagonist. And the thing that they called as well back then is it's going to have an expanding map. It's Fortnite-esque where the map's going to be changing and it's going to be expanding through updates. Uh, I'm curious how it works. And so I, I wonder if that's still in there. And then in the key art, you can see that she has an ankle bracelet on. And so I'm like, I want, is that going to be a thing where they're like keeping you locked to a region, but then... Eight months down the road, it's like, hey, here's a new region. We've expanded your ankle bracelet. Now you can move beyond it. Um, and that's the way they're going to try to do it. that was just going to be a, uh, look, when you start the game, we're not going to let you explore it the could state of Florida. Right. You know, we'll keep you in like one uh, suburb for a while and then and then build it out. But it's it's weird to think about that. Because it's like, I assume this will still have just like a discrete single and multiplayer that that GTA Online will be separate from the campaign. Yeah, maybe. And so it'd be weird for them to be updating the single player map. I mean, Red Dead 2 never got any single player DLC. I mean, GTA 5 didn't as far as I can remember. Um, uh, So I I assumed all that living game stuff was just for GTA Online. But yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And when they did do that, they did sample that. um, It wasn't like terribly exciting, but they did have like another island that you could go to in GTA 5 at one point. And so I think that was them kind of dipping their toe in that concept. Okay, gotcha. Kelsey, do you have hot thoughts on this thing? Not much that you guys haven't said. I mean, it looks gorgeous. I'm excited about it. Um, I it did like 
as I was watching the trailer, I just had like a flashback. I'm like, what was I doing in 2013? I was like, I was in college. <laughs> like I was playing this on a base Xbox 360 in a dorm room. Weird. Like, that's... <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. I mean, to be just 12 thinking. years. 12 years. Yeah. Oh, it's bizarre. I worked at GameTrailers.com. <laughs> that can't be right. <laughs> you know, half of the listeners of this podcast are like, what? <laughs> <laughs> By is. the way, do you have one of those Game Trailers signs? I always see it behind Bossman on the delayed input set, and it looks so cool. Oh, yeah. I got a couple over here. Yeah, you got okay. a couple? I got some classics. Right. Video tour for that's everybody. Oh, uh, yeah, that's Lego good. one that was given to me. Ooh, that's and good. I got the, uh, just one of the wooden ones or something that was... Yeah, it looks sweet. Get it up somewhere in the office that I still. All right, good, good. I'm glad Bosman is hogging all the glory. Um, yeah. But also, yeah, big thing is uh, no PC version in the official press release. It's just coming to Xbox oh, and PlayStation. Just, they just that's just normal no, just though, don't right? care. It is yeah, normal for them, but it's it's normal yeah. for them, but normal for Rockstar is not normal for anybody else in the industry. So. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's what I meant. But yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, look, you don't get to 190 million copies sold by letting everyone buy the game once. <laughs> Yes, exactly. I mean, it's the same. Like, it's not too dissimilar from the reason Pokemon sells two games, you know? Like, it just, if you know people are going to do it, why wouldn't you? Yeah, it's sad, but true. Um, Hey, uh, Brandon Jones, you know how this whole thing operates? Uh, Life? (laughs) Yeah. Actually, I mean to ask you that, too. Yeah. It's Uh, So, this podcast is operating because we're alive at the moment? uh, Well, yeah, I mean... You know, with with AI in its current state, with MetaHuman doing what they do, you that's know, right. we were not really sure anymore. Yeah, that's true. Um, also, <laughs> I'd say Patreon, baby. Personally, yeah, baby. I don't know the difference between life and Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash MinMax with two N's. Thank you to everybody who has jumped in and supported us recently. We had a big code giveaway. There will be more opportunities. So thanks, everybody, for supporting Independent Games Media over there. And thank you to some of our biggest supporters, people like HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh, you ask? Let me tell you. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that, of course, is why it's America's number one meal kit. Nothing better, Jacob, than opening up the fridge saying, what am I cooking for dinner tonight? And you see a big bag of HelloFresh food. And you know, everything I need is right there, pre-portioned, ready to yeah. go, impossible to mess up. Even if you're a big chef dummy like me, uh, impossible mm-hmm. to mess up a HelloFresh order. And it's fun, it turns out. Uh, after a full day of work, they want you to know there's still so much to do. Please don't forget that. They really want you to know it. Some days it feels like eating a wholesome dinner is next to impossible. But with HelloFresh, you can turn busy weeknights into memorable mealtimes with delicious practical options designed to save you time like their 15-minute meals. So go to HelloFresh.com slash MinMaxFree. Use code MinMaxFree for free breakfast for life. Good Lord. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash MinMaxFree with code MinMaxFree. So when you said... The whole thing operates from life. Brandon Jones, did you mean it operates from free breakfast for life? Oh, I'm, I'm missing the, the meme. It's not important. Uh, hey, also thanks to our dear friends at I, <laughs> I Am 8-Bit. They want everybody to know about Day of the Devs, which of course happened. You can check out the archive of Day of the Devs. Uh, it's on there on YouTube. You can see all those games announced. Uh, Jenna Garcia is going to be reporting back next week, talking about what it was like to visit Day of the Devs. And again, if you're looking for a cool holiday gift for a gamer this year, 
uh, for Christmas. Go to imatebit.com, check out their wonderful online store. They have plenty of Persona stuff, a bunch of physical editions for games, uh, like Untitled Goose Game. Get the physical edition of that. That's an iMateBit exclusive. Stray, exclusive there. Mega Man X Anniversary Collection, a ton of great stuff available on their wonderful online store. Use the promo code more sleigh bells more sleigh bells everybody for 10 percent off everything under 100 dollars help support i made bit because they support the min max community in a big bad way by shipping out a prize each and every week to whoever support or whoever submits the best question over there on patreon if you support us at any tier on patreon you can submit a question for question of the week we choose our number one favorite and they get a prize from i made bit so brandon no matter what remember the best question of the week. Which one pops the most for you? Whichever one made the show better in the biggest way. And they get they get the Artful Escape PlayStation 5 exclusive edition for my 8-bit. A physical edition sent right to their house. Um, all right. Community questions. Jonathan Anderson asks, did y'all let Kelsey sleep past sunrise this time for the podcast? Yeah. I got a great night's sleep, actually. Oh, good. Oh, good. Um, I'm a little I'm a little sleepy still, but that's has nothing to do with. I just probably didn't have a good enough breakfast, like that free breakfast for life. Yeah. I don't have free breakfast, so it's tough. What um when you're waking up at five to record a podcast um in the morning, what where is that coming from? Is that work ethic? What what's what makes you capable of that? When most people would be like, you are out of your mind. No. I mean, this this is not a normal like nine to five um, and it doesn't require eight hours a day of me. Like it, it's just it. sometimes that's just when the action's happening. Like you're it's, it's almost never a case of like we just feel like recording at 7 a.m. It's like there is a that's when the thing is happening. That's when the trailer's <laughs> going up or the whatever, you know, like yeah. and I think I just accept that as part of the job. So, um, yeah, and it's, I don't know, like the. In the winter, the sun doesn't come up here till like nine, anyways. It's terrible, yeah. so it doesn't really make sense. All right, well, there we go. We appreciate it. Uh, Sly Cut writes in says, Hey, everybody, why do all the game of the year discussions happen at this time of year? Why have the game awards in December? Wouldn't it make sense to do it in January, February after all the games of the previous year have been released and you have time to play them? Jones, this feels like a question for you, baby. Yes, and if you tune into Easy Allies in the middle of January, you will see their Game of the Year awards, which follows, of course, the correct format. Yeah, um, yeah, it's always a bummer. Uh, Chained Echoes was one game that came up. It's just like any game that comes out mid-November to December is just not going to make it, you know. And and I wonder how much the industry actually cares to be like, no, we can't. We really need those awards, or we put so much work into it, and we think we actually can, you know, at least be nominated if they're just like going to try to get it out. Um, and, and from my experience of playing, you know, codes and, and sometimes like back in the GT days, very early codes, you know, to potentially be nominated, uh, we get that stuff in November rushed on just like a burnt disc, like, oh, uh, okay, let's check this out. Um, yeah, there, it, it is a bit of a scramble. I think as someone who has not worked directly on the show, I think it is, um, just when kind of the hype is at its maximum. I think just leading into the holidays, everybody is, it is time to, celebrate the year not necessarily best analyze the year but um so yeah it just kind of fits into again we've talked before it's it's all for the sake of viewership and and you know rising that viewership number every year and i think yeah you're you're gonna get the most eyeballs on it at this time speaking as a uh content creator in quotes who just released my top 10 of the year uh no one gives a after january 1st like truly it's like that video always does pretty well when it comes out and as soon as the year flips over 
the views fall off a cliff. It's just, you know, it's like people people don't care, which is, again, it's like maybe we should have done a better job, like training the audience to care about these things. But it's just like once it's 2024, people do not care about 2023. And that's just how it is. Yeah. And you, yeah, you just released a, a video with your top 10 on your YouTube channel. And it's interesting that like you made space for like, hey, by the way, Marvel's Midnight Suns rules. I know it's right. from last year, but like we need to not forget that that game was cool. Um, yeah, I, I think also on a practical level for podcasting, like we like to take a break at the end of the year and it's very convenient to just load up the chamber with all of our game of the year debates and then just trickle those out. So this year, like for example, we won't miss an episode of the podcast, even though we're going to be on break for like three weeks or something, something wild. Um, and it's all because like, oh, yeah, we can have those big game of the year debates and then slowly trickle them out in the in the main feed on Thursdays, you know. And so that's it's helpful, I think. It's also funny to see people in the industry that, you know, share the same sentiment. And like, while I understand that the Game Awards will never be in January, this is kind of like locked in on, on when we can expect the event to happen. You know, I'll see the same people that are just like, man, it sucks that this won't be nominated. It's so weird that it's in December. We should really take the entire year. And I'm really looking forward to seeing you next week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so it's like <laughs> both of those sentiments at the same time, because so many people in this industry, you know, on the journalism side and on the development side, do not live anywhere close to Los Angeles. And so like them all coming into town is very exciting. And of course, you know, you, you go into the hotels, they all got Christmas lights up and um, it is a very special time of year. It just makes no sense whatsoever when you actually, I think it, I think it really hits when Keely comes out and he's like, what a year we're in right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> it just doesn't, yeah. doesn't quite make sense, it, but it is what it I is. Soon- Next year, they're doing it on, I think, the 12th, which feels, even though it's just a few days difference, it does feel slightly better huh. to me. Okay. Like, that that pushes it just, like, there's only a couple weeks left in the year at that point, and I think they've done it as early as, like, December 2nd. Um, so having it pushed at least to, like, the, you know, second week or mid-second week or late second week or whatever of December feels a little better to me. Like, that feels like a step in the right direction for that because it gives an extra, I don't know, gives an extra, like, week for games to come out and be voted on. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it does make a huge difference. Uh, Lurch Durden writes in, speaking of games being uh, lost in this window, they say, I've not been following gaming news as much as I used to, but what's up with the Avatar game? The Avatar game is out and it was released right. with no fanfare. I saw the new Assassin's Creed coming out, but this one went completely under my radar until release. Am I the only one? Why was a video game made by Ubisoft based on one of the biggest properties, according to box office results, uh, a completely silent release? Great question. It's kind of mid. Oh, have you been playing it? <laughs> Sorry, Jacob? no, Kelsey, you go. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, having not played it at all, I did. they did do a trailer during the Game Awards. This is not like a complete answer to that question, but the poll quotes they used for that trailer were like, <laughs> yes, very funny to me. Um, anytime you get a poll quote that is one or two words, I assume the review was <laughs> terrible. And right. I actually went and looked it up and the reviews weren't terrible. They were like, they were fine. Um, but I think they pulled just the word entertaining for one of them. Ah, <laughs> that was a game informer. Yeah, and I was like, oh. that might be from like the cover story. The game even. tries to be entertaining, but falls yeah. well short. Right. right, or like 
the other one was, I think, fantasy fulfillment or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> when I just think about constructing those sentences, those sentences could have come, those could have come out of incredibly negative sentences yeah. because of what they are. And it makes so. it seem worse than I think it is. Like, it's getting like, you know, yeah. sevens and eights. And Jacob, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to starting it. We'll talk about it more on next week's podcast. But Jacob, you've been playing a little yeah. bit of it. It's, I, it, it feels, it just feels a little uh, like low budget honestly really? is is it's just like it's very gore it's it's graphically it is gorgeous but just like the way that like characters interact with each other and whatever feels very it's just a game where it's like fade to black you go into a cutscene that is like not animated that much fade to black huh. you are kind of doing something and so it's just like I don't know. I'm I'm curious kind of what the effort was be behind this game, how many people they had working on it and whatever, but it, like it does feel like kind of a double-A game for really? Ubisoft. That's it just, surprising. yeah, just in just in kind of like the production quality even though like the world of Pandora looks so good, but yeah. like then when you, once you get past that, everything else feels a little uh not not the like S team huh. working on it. Um, I mean, yeah, same studio, I guess, as uh, Star Wars Outlaws. And, you know, got to wonder what that dividing line is between how many people are working on which game. And uh, the Far Cry mold, which, yeah. I mean, it's so much so that I think this can, can potentially be, if you were going to make like a Far Cry retrospective, it's like, just n- mention this, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, just kind of put it. And like Far Cry as a series, I think more than most has really proven that like it can make games of any size. <laughs> like it can, you can get like an eight hour Far Cry experience, a 40 hour um, it is a model that has worked so well for them. Um, and so I think it was, it, I, I feel, but Ubisoft makes me feel bad, kind of like eating junk food because it's like, it's something that I can't, it's like the Game Awards, like hard to sell to somebody who doesn't know what it is and is not interested, but I myself will enjoy it. And it doesn't take a lot for me to kind of drum up interest and be like, I bet that's something that I would, you know, it'd be a good way to pass the time, but I wouldn't necessarily put in a top 10 or, yeah. um, you know, force someone else to play. Sure. Speaking of which, you can win a code for Avatar Frontiers of Pandora by competing in the next episode of Trivia Tower okay. coming up December 20th. Uh, Harrison Holt McHale has a hot take. They said, Rockstar is the James Cameron of video games. Discuss. I think that's right. Sure. Yeah, he's, they certainly take their time, like Cameron take does. Take their time. I mean, little prickly. biggest budgets turning into biggest box offices yeah. continuously. Yeah. Continuously. Yeah. Yep. Not the easiest to work with. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, Rockstar just needs to do some environmental research. That's the only thing that they're missing. They just yeah. need to Yeah, get James Cameron's like politics years. are a thousand times better than Rockstar's, I feel like, is the real A company's real politics? Yeah. yeah, who did that company vote for? Um, the uh, I heard this interview with James Cameron once I really liked where, you know, he has so many different passions and he's such a nerd for so many things outside of film even, where he's like, he's like, I, I swear to God, I am equally as passionate about growing grapes uh, on my farm in New Zealand. It's just nobody asked me about that. Like, I would love to talk about all this other stuff. Like, film is cool, you know, but like, just an idea of like, oh, he's just, you could probably have the greatest farming podcast discussion ever with, you know, James Cameron if just anybody's interested. But instead, let's just talk about the Abyss re-release, please. Uh, Let's see. Mr. Buttons writes in and says, hey, my nice crew, why do you think there's such low energy from the audience at the Game Awards? While I understand a speaker being met with silence from jokes that aren't landing, I was surprised that the old gods of Asgard and the orchestra's Game of the Year performance just received light applause. Is it just the reality of not having a full theater? 
it's pretty electric in that room. Yeah. I, I wonder if that's just the mix. You know, there was it's it it is jarring if you do get to go to the game awards and then don't the next year. It I mean, it's night and day. It really feels like a completely different experience. One of the other things, too, that's like you can kind of see it in the periphery if you go back and like rewatch the show. But like people just leave, you know, like people like there's those aisles are always getting foot traffic, like just in the middle of a speech, you know, like world premiere and like some planet and ships come in. It's just like, all right, people are just going to go drink and hang out in the lobby. Yeah, like, it's, it's, yeah, come it's, on, uh, guys. it's it's a, it's a strange vibe. Um, you have a lot of non-English speakers in the audience. I love the uh, oh, they brought up Anuma one time and he kind of looked to his friend like, do they just make fun? me what oh really <laughs> what, like i think i heard my name what you know oh that sucks um just a and, camera zooming in for millions and millions of people to see as you don't know what the hell they're saying yeah. like oh and if we as we have covered it's it's a weird show and so i think expectations are just kind of all over the place like it just it, you know no 10 minutes of the game awards are kind of the same vibe and so yeah. i think it can be a little exhausting i think yeah. people just kind of are taking their breath uh, let's see. Jonathan Valdez says, one of my favorite videos ever is the Easy Allies top 10 video game composers. Do you remember this? Nice. I probably watch it once every two months. Wow. Uh, my question is, Thank you. what has been the most difficult goatee slash top 10 slash top 100 discussion you've ever been part of in your career? This might not be the best week for the question if both Kelsey and Jacob have only ever done last year's two tens. Um, I guess so. Uh, but yeah, is, is one stand out for anybody for the best or most memorable difficult oh, yeah was it I'm uh, looking it up right now i'm trying to remember what one goatee in 2000 oh it's last of us uh last of us was like the clear you know winner for uh goatee in 2013 yeah but uh as we have previously discussed grand theft auto 5 also came out that year and i played last of us twice back to back immediately i finished last of us and then finished it again and i was like oh my god that game is amazing gta 5 destroys it but that's a really good game you know <laughs> and like i came into back at game trailers when we would do goaties i would miss out on a lot of categories because it just wasn't you know like i would maybe play one or two games in a given category and uh we had a a huge editorial staff and so i'm like i really just kind of defer to them and like best trailer and maybe like a couple other the best action adventure like i might be able to to speak to stuff and then game of the year i would step in just to kind of you know we wanted to hear from a lot of people you know and it was almost like an intervention when i like came in the room and sat down because they knew how crazy i was about gta 5 and it was like, okay, uh, let's just do a quick vote on Goaty. And everybody was like, Last of Us. Okay, uh, we're done. And I was like, wait, whoa, <laughs> what just happened? I remember like Ryan Stevens specifically just giving me that look of like, you're not, you're barking up the wrong tree, dude. You're just not going to win this fight. And oh. I was like, what? Oh my God. And that, that's yeah. a bummer too. For empty, like... empty calories was the Ryan Stevens quote that I'll never forget. He's like, yeah. GT5 is just empty calories. And I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. But that's the bummer too of like, those, were, those debates that aren't recorded. Because like you yeah. can spend an hour making your case for gta 5 but it's like it's not going to go anywhere good luck yeah. whereas in the recorded somebody, stuff you yeah, spend an hour and then people like, hear it i was like what about online man i'm like compare online to anything less of us is not doing you know it's like a whole different aspect that you know you can compete against that and, and like someone was like it's on his own disc is it even like a part of gta 5 and i was just like <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be kidding me so frustrating yeah but yeah, I, it was it was it was so transformative that I think in like all goatees past that I kind of stepped yeah. out. Like there were only a couple. I think Witcher Three v Bloodborne was like another one that I got really invested in, and I was just like, "This is exhausting. I can't, yeah, you know, I can't fight that hard because it just uh, it, it's draining. It it's just like it. I don't know. It's weird how personal some of those can get, especially like back at Game Informer. Like some of those conversations were rough. It was just a lot of like, "All right, shut up, video boy." It was generally the the tone that was a lot of my way, which sucked. 
Um, but I remember like, and so you started your own media company yeah. so you could be in control. <laughs> Try and shut up this video boy now, Andy McNamara. Patreon.com slash video boy. <laughs> um, no, but like 2014 was tough. That was uh, Shadow of Mordor versus Dragon Age Inquisition. But I remember, because I was more invested in it, um, 2012, where it was Mass Effect 3 versus XCOM Enemy Unknown. And like, I love Mass Effect. Like Mass Effect 1 is my favorite game of that generation. But I was like, I think Enemy Unknown's a better game, y'all. And like trying to argue for that. And I just remember, you know, everyone talking about like, oh, but the consequences, characters can die in Mass Effect 3. I'm like, Man. I feel more when a character that I've built up in XCOM dies than I felt about any character dying in the Mass Effect series. Like it's so trying to make that case, we lost and Mass Effect 3 won. I um, thought in 2012, the like, popular opinion was that mass effect 3's ending ruined the entire game and like yes. therefore could not be a contender that was definitely the internet's take in 2012 but uh we gave it a 10 and to be fair i do like mass effect 3 i didn't think it got a bad rap you know um and so there were a lot of mass effect 3 defenders in that office in particular that really pushed over the line um let's see dragon hunter says so at the release of the release window of gta 6 being 2025 could this be enough time for horizon 3 to release one week before it <laughs> yes it is it's the perfect window they'll have three years to make the next horizon and then uh, honestly i could see it i could see that happening uh let's see aging poorly writes in uh hello brandon according to howlongtobeat.com each mainline gta game since san andreas has been around 30 hours with 80 hours of content for completionists but then red dead 2 came along at 80 hours for the main story and a ridiculous 180 hours for completionists uh, how long do you think GTA 6 will be for main story and completionist? And how long do you want it to be, ideally? Oh, I mean, I, I want it to be on par. I don't need it to be longer. I will certainly spend my dumb time just driving around doing whatever. Like, I, I found I, I played the game differently depending on what protagonist I was currently embodying in GTA 5. And so it's like, I, I definitely make very long-winded dumb decisions in open world games when i feel like this is what the character would do of course um I, I will just walk to the precipice of a cliff and stare at the environment for like 10 minutes and so i will definitely waste a lot of time uh, but that is one of my concerns i kind of alluded to this in terms of like not being surprised if online was like the main or only focus with uh, gta 6 but like i i wonder that there have been several meetings where they were like Somebody, you know, the execs at Rockstar was like, somebody in the room convinced me that if our if our campaign is half the length that anybody will, we will make less money. Like somebody literally right. convinced me of that right now and no one could. And so I'm nervous that um, not because, you know, it'll affect sales because I don't think it will or not because everybody will complain about it. But like, I do, you know, I finished the campaign of GTA 5. I was like, whew, you know, like that, what a journey. Whereas like, I, don't, I would be sad if I finished 6. I was like, whoa, that took a weekend. I was not expecting that to be done so soon. Okay, so you want it so, to be, yeah. And, yeah. Sorry, it don't be counting the hours. A, it's an interesting question of like Red Dead 2. I think, uh, Ben, you talked about this or when it came out, they were like, that was five seasons of a TV show. Like sure. the amount of writing yeah. that was in Red Dead 2 was five seasons. And it's like, you know, I think the question, which is an art question and not necessarily a commercial one, is like, does it need it? You know, yeah. if, if this is a story about fundamentally two people as opposed to like a gang which we don't know because we've only seen one trailer and so we don't know anything about the story but like you know i would be happy with uh you know two and a half seasons of a tv show instead of five if like that is what you know it feels it feels like it could verge on exhausting if you were just spending so much time watching these people's lives fall apart and then connecting again so yeah. like 
I hope that they make the right decision for like what the story they're telling is, which could be smaller than the Red Dead one. Uh, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, Travis and Fargo writes in, they said, Miriam Webster always comes to mind or always comes up with a word of the year. And this year, does anybody know what it is? Uh, I heard a couple of them. It's is it situation? No, it's Riz. It's Riz, right? Oh, maybe that's like a new one or something. But it's, apparently the word of the year for this year is authentic. According to Travis and Fargo, I don't know. Oh, I, I, I heard mean, the same thing you did, Jacob. I don't uh, know. Maybe it's we were not listening to NPR. <laughs> uh, but I mean, that's that, that's a real question going forward: is how much people, you know, like reality. That's really going to be a, a struggle, you know, as as we wrap up the twenty twenties of just like, hey, a human made this thing. Do you care? Right. Like, we'll, right. We'll see. It's uh, Oxford's word. Oxford's of the word of the year. Uh, uh, good call. <laughs> good call. Um, what? Travis asked, was your word of the year for 2023? Unions. Unions. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess you're right. That yeah, does kind of define kinda, the entire kinda year. They kind of need those. Yeah. They kind of work. Yeah. They work well, depending on who you ask. This is but, completely um, on the other side of the universe thematically, but uh, I had a kid this year um, and one of the most exciting things. Thank you. Please, please, everyone sit down, please. Um, but something I didn't expect. So my word of the year, I think is sleeve. It's a lot like with babies and kids, it seems like it's a lot of poop and pee and sleeves. It's a lot of just trying to get hands through sleeves without breaking a bing, like a baby's pinky. Like that's yeah. so much is just sleeve navigation. They pull their hand out of the sleeve. You got to put it back in the sleeve. I have not thought more about sleeves, uh, than I have in my entire life. 2023 is the year of sleeves for me. And yeah, Ben, when my four-year-old gets a cold and like, I will literally be standing in front of him with the tissue, just waiting for him to sneeze. <laughs> and he will go, uh, choop. And I'm like, dude, stop. Like I almost had it. <laughs> he's so quick. You know, oh, just both of them come home from school and just like streaks, just all oh, the sleeves. You know? And happy. Not like, oh, I got snot on me. Yeah. Like best day of my life. It's he great. just loves the song Green Sleeves. Uh, Pelican um, Man writes, oh, yes, Jacob, oh, do you have Oh, what? Please. Did Kelsey and I not get words of the year? You didn't give a thumbs up to those. I, I don't know that I one. have one. No, please, it... toss it out. <laughs> oh, um, mine's not fun. It's uh, compartmentalization. Mm. Uh, that it's like, boy, how do we keep a living life when, like, we are reading the stories of this year? And it's mm. like, well, you got to put those all in a corner of your head and not sink into complete despair while you write a video about a video game. That's right. Shut it off like a light switch. A Pelican Man writes in as what's the simplest slash easiest thing you just can't do? For me, it's properly folding a shirt, says Pelican Man. Hmm. I can't tie like any knots. Uh, okay. I can do I can do my shoes and like that is and I was I was I am an Eagle Scout. And people Whoa. are like, oh, are you good at tying knots? Yeah, me oh. too. I, I was horrible at knots. <laughs> I never got it. I, I can't do knots. Bench. I can't do like origami. I can't do anything where it's like things crossing over or under other things. It just like short circuits my brain. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah. Does anybody have a simple thing they can't do? Filling out a document. Close. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's Anytime I see empty fields, I like. I'm like... Why am I getting anxious? Why am I freaking out? It's like, what's your address? Like, uh, when it's like, what was your address two addresses ago? I'm like, who knows that? No. What human being that living on planet Earth or no man's sky Earth? Knows what that <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is dumb, but I remember a while ago, a friend of mine's like, I have a surprise for you. And they held their hand out and they're going to like drop something into my hand from their hand. 
and it was genuinely like 10 minutes of like, I, okay. And like, I, I can't, I can't have somebody drop something into my hand that I can't see. It's like, I don't know. I didn't know I had this phobia, but it's like physically my body cannot accept that. <laughs> like, I don't think it's going to be a prank. I don't think it's going to be a spider, but just mystery object texture in your hand right now. I can't do it. Uh, rule me out. That's awesome. Kelsey, how are you broken? Um, I can't close cabinets. Oh, like, you just like forget just, to? Yeah. And just no matter what, like if my, <laughs> everyone in my life will be like, I know you have been here because cabinets are just randomly open all over yeah. the place. Microwave door too. Just like when I go home for the holidays, my mom's like, oh, I guess, I guess she got in last night because all the cabinets are open. Like, I don't You're even like a ghost. know what I'm, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, why am I even opening half of these cabinets? Um, I have no memory of it, but cabinets will just be open when I've been in a room. Weird. Can you have like weighted Kelsey cabinets? Guys. Ooh, yeah, good. Uh, let's see. Juan one writes in and says, question for Ben. I apologize. Everyone else can just sit there politely. Um, are you going to try Fortnite Festival? As you're a big fan of harmonics. Thank you, the Juan one. I cannot thank you enough. Um, Brandon, look less enthused, please. Um, you can take a nap. It's fine. No, I, I am so thankful for this community question because I saw they announced like Lego Fortnite. I was like, I don't know what that is. Okay, that's like a different game within the launcher of Fortnite. That's yeah, the idea. Again, survival. You just you just toss that theme out there and I show up. Yeah. That sounds cool. That sounds cool. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I took it that you didn't like survival from the way you were talking about Jurassic Park earlier I didn't like the on. Trailer. The trailer. Okay, but survival but is I like a good the hook. genre. I see. Yeah. I see. And I probably will like Jurassic Park survival. All right. Um, as long as I don't show that stupid trailer in the game itself. Anyways, but I saw that headline and I was confused about that. Um, but now I see that it does look cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to checking out that uh, Lego Fortnite thing. But I completely missed, yeah, Fortnite Festival. Have you seen this, Jacob? Yeah, I actually, I literally could not play Fortnite yesterday because there were so many people online. Like the servers Whoa. were just like, sorry, we can't do it. Uh, yeah. So Fortnite Festival, the idea is it's a separate game. Mm-hmm. that you launch and harmonics made it and it's just basically a new rock band within Fortnite, or is it a music rhythm game kind of some music rhythm game comes out tomorrow and okay. the car the rocket car thing that was teased yes. last night you when you boot up Fortnite, Fortnite right now the image is spread into four sections it's literally Weird. like battle royale the ro- you know the car racing harmonics lego and they are and when you boot them up it's like it's got its own esrb it's got its it's like welcome to this game that you're playing now that's kind of in fortnite it's wild that's cool fortnite's and you know that you know this is the beginning mm-hmm. fortnite's ui would like kill a medieval peasant like it is one of the <laughs> hardest things to look at i i i play that game for like hundreds of hours and like their new ui update is one of the most like mystifying things i have ever seen oh no all right well then i'm scared about jumping in because it's like all right i want to play harmonics new game i've been waiting for them to do yeah. something cool and distinct and if this feels like harmonics i'm in but hopefully i can find it the, yeah, the poor Lego fan that's like 10 years old and doesn't yep. play Fortnite that's just crying in their room like. <laughs> just, like. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sam Worms writes in and says, if video games and the industry as a whole cease to exist, what would you do for a living? Oh, Jones is holding up his book. You would just you'd yeah. write more novels. I'd write books. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Hey, hold your head up, man. That's cool. Uh, I think I'd be in sports writing. Writing? Yeah, I like I like sports a lot too. Um I am I haven't like trained to be an expert in it in the way that, you know, I I sort of have with video games, but I think if there was just not video games, that would be the like what I'm spending all my time researching and talking about and getting good at. And you wouldn't do like sports podcasting or sports radio? No, I th- I probably would. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, something like that. I mean, I 
content, I guess, but that could be like, I don't want to be like a, I don't think I want to be like a sports YouTuber. I think it would okay. be more of like a, mm. um, I don't know. I, I like the writing and the researching part of learning about things a lot more than I like the production part. So if, if yeah. there's another like, you know, min max in a sports universe where I can just come on and say the things rather than like put the, the stream together and figure out all of that right. yeah I'd, I'd love that I, look normally if we mention a show as an option for new show plus we pitch it next week i promise we won't but what do you think with the idea of like would it be fun to take like an amateur baseball game kelsey and then for new show plus you're just you do a commentary track over the top of it like do you think you could do a pretty good job at commenting for a baseball game i don't know i've never tried okay um, all right i've never tried i don't know that I don't I definitely don't think I could do it alone but maybe if I had like a you know just like a traditional broadcasting right. booth had someone to play off of maybe I can play kind of like the Fred Willard role of just being the idiot that doesn't know anything um if that's a so slot that's a bat <laughs> well I mean that's actually really fun I think it's really fun like I love uh going to games with people who don't know the sport very well because they ask questions that like I don't think about and don't right. even like I don't even necessarily know how to answer them sometimes i'm trying to think of a good example but um i don't know my, my partner comes up with fun ones sometimes it's just like can you use two bats and i'm like right. i mean i think no but like is that a rule i don't know <laughs> i don't know why you would like hold them next to each other yeah it's such a stupid example so forgive me but i remember one time we did a video at game informer where it was dan reichert versus joe juba in a game of basketball and Ben Reeves was doing commentary. And it's just an example of his mind goes to places you never would expect. Or eventually you run out of things to talk about in like a one-on-one -on -one really sloppy game of basketball doing commentary. And so then at a certain point, there's just like an awkward silence. And then for his commentary, he just goes, there's a big yellow light in the sky <laughs> talking about the sun. <laughs> I just think it's the weirdest thing for someone to say if they're doing sports commentary. Not false. <laughs> yeah, he's right. <laughs> uh, I, I would assume I would just still be doing yeah, video production for... For probably some production house in Minneapolis, that was that was going to be my path uh, until video games come along. Came along, I guess. But uh, yeah, I don't know, Jacob. What are you doing, man? I I mean, I would be doing my same gig and just take games out of it. You know, it's like there are plenty of people who talk about movies and books and art and on YouTube. Yeah, like I would just video games. Video games are kind of less a part of a lot of my videos than uh, yeah. than they used to be. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right, Jones, you're in the hot seat. Question of the week: What do you like? Um, I like the game that we didn't make time for. That's that is very relevant to me because that was tough. There were just so many games that I, I was like, no, I'm skip. <laughs> wait, I gotta, wait, you know, OK, hang on. Wait. Which one is this? Oh, is it, oh, is it so the, these are stuff that you have just previously asked. Cause this was on the list. It was like, what? oh, sorry. <laughs> there was yeah, a big yeah, yeah. list. There was a list I, of I options. I favorited a lot of things. Yeah, sorry. No, just the ones that we read. Which one actually Word made the, the show year. better? Word of the year then. Word of the year. Congratulations. What a thematically appropriate one. Travis and Fargo, you just won a prize from I Am 8-Bit. Artful Escape on PS5. Uh, now it's time for a jingle that you won't be able to hear, Jones, but imagine it's cool. Now it's time for something we call Get a Load of This. Hey, uh, get a load of this. Uh, on the podcast Game Makers Toolkit, it's a, it's a great podcast. Soren Johnson uh, hosted over there. Um, but oh, he... wait, is it Game Maker's Notebook? Oh my God! Game because Game Maker's Toolkit is the the YouTube channel. Am I completely blowing it? What is the name of this podcast? Jesus that's, Christ! Yeah, I think that's Notebook. Yeah, I'm. This is Designer Notes is the name of the podcast. Completely different from the Toolkit <laughs> or the Notebook. It's called Designer Notes. 
Um, but anyways, there's a new episode out, and it's Soren Johnson, who was the lead for Civ Four, interviewing Jake Solomon, uh, who was at Fraxis for 20 years, led Marvel's Midnight Suns and XCOM, both games we talked about on this episode. Um, but uh, it's fun to have those two because they worked together for so long, just like telling old Fraxis stories. And they told this story. It's one of those where they're like, can we talk about this yet? It's been 20 years. Sure, we can probably talk about it. But they told the story about how Brian Reynolds was at Firaxis. Then he left to go make Big Huge to make Rise of Nations, that game. Um, and so they all left. And there's a huge brain drain from Firaxis. And so Firaxis is like, oh, God, let's just hire a bunch of new programmers. Let's just be as cheap as possible. So they brought in a whole new wave of programmers, like fresh out of school, like Soren Johnson and Jake Solomon, to like code Civ 3. And they're like, ah, and the entire time they're like, what is with this code? This is impossible. And it turns out that what Brian Reynolds and the team that left had done is they wanted to make sure they would not be sued or there was no legal action and that they would never be accused of taking code from Firaxis to bring to Big Huge to work on Rise of Nations. So they coded Alpha Centauri and the last games they worked on in the most obtuse, obfuscated, impossible way just to make sure it was a night and day difference from them when they launched their own studio and the game was well-coded. So everyone, all these newcomers at Fraxis were just like, what the hell is going on? And they were just like tortured by this code. And then it turns out they had a big like studio v. studio match of Age of Empires 2 that got super tense and apparently Fraxis rushed them um, and there was a lot of bad blood about this Age of Empires 2 match. But it's just fun old uh, strategy stories there. So check out the podcast. Of course, that's called Designer Notes there with Soren Johnson. There's a link below for all this fun stuff. Uh, uh, get get a load of this. I'm jumping in, Ben. You don't want to call it. on I love it. Yes, I love it. Please. Um, I, my my favorite moment of the Game Awards last night is uh, is is captured in this tweet by Sean Thomas that simply says, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, and it's it's Ben Starr, uh, like a cutaway to him, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the voice the voice of Clive uh, during like a concert number, and it is just the most like comically ov- overexposed <laughs> picture of him. Yeah, and he's like he's a very handsome man, and in this picture looks like like a fourth grader having like a flash photo taken <laughs> of him for some reason. <laughs> Perfect. Link's it has blow. the same energy like Keanu at the bench or like Ben Affleck yeah. holding like takeout, you know, just right. this like, you know, just life. You know, just, it's really, it's pick, like, pick a this moment, is what you, really sink in. This is what you look like when you don't know you have a camera pointed at you. It's perfect. Yeah. Kelsey. Oh yeah. Sorry. I should have just jumped in. You're and fine. You're fine. Um, yeah. Get a load of this. Jacob, you'll like this. Uh, there is a six-hour documentary online about EVE Online um, oh. from YouTuber Down the Rabbit Hole. Um, I watched the entire thing. I also had commentary from my partner who's been playing since 2003. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> and it probably could have been a 12-hour documentary, but it was incredibly... I feel like I actually kind of know the game now and everything, you know, that... Jacob, I know you've said on the podcast a couple times, like, what what is going on in this mystery of an right. MMO um you'll you'll at least I feel like come away knowing sort of what's going on in this MMO. it's it's a lot it's a very uh I think it took me three days to get through but oh my god worth it that's sweet <laughs> links below for all the stuff uh Brandon Jones no pressure I know it's a surprise thing you can plug whatever you want get a load of this us however you want 
Get a load of this. Uh, Kyle Bossman, formerly on the Easy Allies team, works at the Game Awards. And so I always like to pick his brain about like behind the scenes stuff that we don't know. And it's really funny to think of the Game Awards without any of the trailers. And like you're on staff, you haven't seen any of this stuff. And you just have Keeley like walk on a stage and be like, wow, Sega just announced <laughs> five games right. anyway. And you're like, they did what? <laughs> like, OK, I cannot wait to see the video that accompanies that, you know, the puzzle piece that just fits in here. And they're like, oh, so there's and they're like a lot. There's a lot of code names. So like all the different, right. announcements, you know, if there's they don't want to let people know the IP and let that stuff leak, you know, like even people that are just doing makeup. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, you, you never know who's going to who wants to be a you know, get famous quick. I love that. Yeah, you can check out the uh, latest episode of the Easy Allies podcast for more Jones, more Kyle Bossman, and go support Easy Allies on Patreon, everybody. Um, hey, get a lot of this uh, from the community in the Discord. Corey Schmitz, uh, the designer, famed logo designer. If there is a logo in the game industry, he probably designed it. Um, he just tweeted out my favorite thing, which is a bunch of alternate takes on the Alan Wake 2 font design. Uh, oh, it's really cool. cool to see because he did the same thing for Control. Because we actually we profiled him in Game Informer and he gave us like all the variants there. And so it's cool that Remedy let him do it again. Thank God for independent studios letting people be loose with these types of things. So you can check out a bunch of alternate Alan Wake 2 fonts. Um, that's it for this episode of the MinMax Show, everybody. Thank you so much. Jones, thanks for joining. Oh, so much fun. Love it. Great. Worldly World, this damn book. Where is it available? Uh, it is available all in your online retailers all over the place. If you go to Emmett Studios, E-M-E-T, I have links to everywhere. Um, and uh, if um, you found my voice pleasing, you, get, you can get nine and a half hours of it on Audible. Um, you can Sweet. go get the book, which I read. That's awesome. Um, Love it. Which is the, most, the way I listen to most books nowadays. So Yeah, there it is. Available. Uh, let's see. For MinMax stuff, uh, we have the archive of the Give to the Max stream going up on YouTube this weekend. We have a highlight cut. Uh, I thought... It's a frustrating thing where last year it just took a long time, but YouTube eventually processed the full version of the stream that was 24 hours. This year, um, it seems to be cut off at 12 hours and apparently YouTube changed and now they're not going to show all of it. So I'm cutting it up into three different chunks. So that'll be up this weekend for everybody if you want to see the absurdity uh, and how we managed to raise $57,000, which is still amazing. All the money's going to foster kids in Minnesota. Um, Also, we have Trivia Tower happening, like I mentioned before, December 20th. So December 20th, it's the last episode of Trivia Tower for the year. So you can jump in at the $2 tier on Patreon and compete in some video game trivia. We have codes for um, SteamWorld Build, codes for Avatar, Frontiers of Pandora, and a ton more. So jump in, compete in game trivia, prove you know a thing or two, and help support independent games meet at the same time. Um, Otherwise, thank you to everybody at the Game Champion tier, the $50 tier, for choosing any game under the sun to be declared the champion of. So of course... Julie Wilcox is the champion of Slay the Princess. There you go. Uh, the champion of Golf with Your Friends is Rabid Lime. Oh, Joshua Ayers. The champion of Puzzle and Dragons. Joshua Ayers, the champion of Puzzle and Dragons. There's a new Puzzle and Dragons on Apple Arcade, and it's, I gotta check it out, because I do like Puzzle and Dragons. I just hate the free-to-play stuff. But like, that, remember they made that Mario Puzzle and Dragons game on 3DS, Kelsey? Uh, it's freaking fun. I sure do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. So if you remove the microtransactions, that game rules. Um, anyways, that's it. Anybody else have something they want to plug? All right. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you so much, everybody. Brandon Jones, thanks for being here, sir. And thank you so much, everybody, for watching or listening. We'll be back next week with a whole new episode of the Min Max Show. That's it. Be good. Have fun. Let's go. Let's go.